Cool, man. Cool. So, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to my boys here. Welcome to the Proski Doodles podcast. This is Stevie D. Uh, as always, Kiko Flow in the building, but especially today we have my dear friend, wanted in a couple different states, but we won't talk about that here today unless he feels comfortable. Uh, Eric Gill, a shaper of young minds and and uh and and just an awesome guy to be around what's up man welcome to the podcast what's up what's up y'all thanks for having me on i love this thing i love this whole setup here dog i'm just so excited and honored to be here this is fantastic awesome man we're oh, really man. really glad to have Super you glad to have you here bro and and we've been talking about uh having you on having you on for a while when steven told me about it i was like super excited um we know you as a funny guy for a minute so so we're super excited i think more than you for you to be here and, and you know just talk about regular things uh one topic that steven has been bugging me about for a minute is talking about giants mm-hmm. right the and, giants not yeah you know, great the, the, great basketball team no wait baseball team and football team yeah <laughs> that's true that's true the, and it's I just crazy it's a movie posts. Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, those little kids that just beat up on the on the Cowboys. How they won that game? It just inspired my entire life. Anytime I feel like I want to give up, I think of the kid that blew a snot bubble. I'm like, if he can do it, I can you, do it. You can do it. Absolutely. There's hope for all of us in that case, in that regard. So. <laughs> so I, you know, I thought something like that, but he was like, no, like giants, like this giant people that live yeah, in the past, man. you know. And I, and I had heard of like, you know, dinosaurs or like. Mesopotamia with different uh, civilizations, but he's like, no, giants. I'm like, I've never heard of that shit. But, you know, I had just started the podcast recently with Steven, so I just wanted to be, I wanted to be cool. I didn't want to be the guy to shut down the topics, you know, supposed to be like a like a team thing. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the giants. We'll talk about the giants. And he just kept, you know, repeating it. I'm just like, what the fuck is So uh, if you, I, I know you guys want to hate right now, but I'm going to send you both a link. I'm going to send you both a link, and I want you guys to kind of just uh, watch it um and let me know what you think it's it's gonna be in the in this little chatty chat right here okay so and just go ahead and what we're really talking about here it's yeah so and these are like not even just giants amongst us now it's like ancient giants like people back in the day yeah well, this is a, at this first is a- i thought he meant people that had like a growth spur and were like eight feet but no like straight up hulk giants and or even bigger yeah no like, i mean um, i'll tell you what i what i why i i found this to be interesting and where they come from but watch the video let me all right let's watch it at the same time let me know when you're ready to press play on that yeah let's go three two one we're here in the great south african plains (laughs) where we see two people wondering why there is a drone footage being taken and if they should be running (laughs) yeah this is a beautiful landscape here that's all i could say right now for all the people listening at home that doesn't have video uh, beautiful uh, desert landscape. Uh, we got some. We're probably gonna end up right on the camera. Oh yeah, no, this is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But check this out. Oh, oh there's a big footprint there in the wall. I see what's up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got mine on mute, so I just see a guy with like a dad hat on. He's got like the side, like he's about to play a villain in uh, an Indiana Jones film. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what he looks like right now. Like right after fly fishing or something. <laughs> Like I was fly fishing and I just see this foot in the South African rock and I, I just stopped. Right. He's talking about basically how there's one, the exact same size, the exact opposite foot, like the right, the left. Uh, you know, we'll probably end up just putting that 
playing while we're if you're yeah, yeah, watching no, the YouTube I, video. I, I'm actually I, I got it. It's all yeah. It's, it's oh, wait, this is how the wormhole starts right now. Hippos attack crocodiles. Defend den companion. Guys, do you want to go on task or off task? That's what I need to know. Stay, stay on task. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go down the wormhole, man. Don't start. Right, so give us a, give us the basics, Stephen, on 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 this thing that you've been yeah, looking so, after. So, all right, this all this goes back into the Bible era. Okay, it's actually um, the the idea of giants, at least some of them that were interpreted uh, to be that way uh, back in in these biblical stories uh, of Nephilim. Nephilim is uh, basically, um, uh, I guess, a race of people or or a, a, a whatever it was, they were celestial. They were like godly beings, right? And they were these, they, they, the interpretations change, obviously, depending on the, on the scripture, you know, uh, there's a bunch of acronyms, the new world, new, whatever the F it is, man, it doesn't really matter. Fuck it. But, um, that they were big, big beings among us. They were, they were great beings. And so that's where the idea of giants come from. Coupled that with these, you know, mysteries of life these myths yeah you you start to think oh wow is there really like was it really giants like are we talking dinosaur era you you know what i mean because like what was really writing stuff back then you know um so they have also when you start to look into it um i haven't found any like people who have said that they have found giant structures some some of those pictures are a little or not structures bones like uh skeletons some of those are a little bit uh, controversial in in the sense of like whether they're fake or not. But there are some pretty huge bones um, in South Africa, predominantly. That's where everything kind of was the the center of what was Bangia, uh, Mister oh, Mister Teacher Man. Oh man, yeah, that's that goes back a few <laughs> chapters that I already forgot. But I'll t- I, I, I'll believe it. It sounds good enough to, right? to believe. I don't know. That, that's okay, my so, point. So you said- so you're saying, yeah, that's, that's your argument, Steve. <laughs> like, I'm in. Be true. <laughs> like, I like Stephen was about to to say, like, and to this day, no one has come out saying that this is not real. So, <laughs> right? I mean, am I right? They have, they have. Though. But no. Uh, so, so Stephen, I I sent him a picture or that I found because he was telling me about this topic, and I was like, I never heard of this, and I saw some shit on Facebook that I sent him, and I yeah. think it was the the, the Africa picture. Or of, of a museum that had the bones, because yeah. the first thing I was going to ask him, I'm like, all right, so why is it that we never found any fucking bones of these giants? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the it looked like it looked like the one that was an evolution, right? But like from small to large, is that the ones that you were referring to, Kiko? No, no, ones ones that it just looked like like a like a place where people find you know bones, like an archaeology you know caves, and then they found some bones that were pretty big. I'll try yeah. to put them on here. Uh, yeah, just show the you know, the image when when we find it. Yeah. Um, and, so, I mean, but in any case, uh-huh. I guess what other proof do you know of? And and Gil also chip in if you've ever heard of this because maybe I'm I'm the one that's crazy. But I never heard of of giants. Go ahead, I mean, Gil. Yeah, I I can imagine it's true. Like I know that there. I took anthropology my first ever summer semester in college. So there's a lot that happens between then. And now, so let me just clarify, like any, and what I remember the most from that class is that they would always talk about how 
everything kind of gets just destroyed over time. Like even like artifacts, like we're never going to really know the true picture of a lot of these things, which makes it so mysterious because like some dude is like making a strip ball and they're like, what the heck's this man? And then they just toss it and they don't realize they're throwing out like an ancient, like hominid bone or something like that. They just think it's like a dog that died underneath the, you know, the fellas, right. uh, you know, closet. So yeah, it's, it's a fascinating concept in that regard, but I believe it because I mean, I know that there's been other hominoid species and all those type of things that, uh, were competing with homo sapiens and to have, and especially like back, back in the day, like way back, a lot of things were huge. Like when you think about dinosaurs and that time, it like, it made sense to be the biggest, the baddest. Um, but once like the, the, the climate started changing, like the world started changing a bit, then you saw that it was like helpful to actually be smaller because you didn't have as much calorie demands. So I'm not, you know, when you think about like the Megalodon and things like that, like the reason they don't exist a lot of the time is because I mean, you need that much energy and that much food. You know, you can only eat so many great white sharks before, you know what I'm saying? Like everything starts running out. Right. So, Well, and also if you go by that logic, once, uh, I mean, let, let's say that these people outlive the dinosaurs when the Big Bang or, you know, then even then, which I mean, I would, that wouldn't make sense because that was a, a big ass bomb. But without the dinosaurs, I'm guessing they have they don't have the food that they needed. But one thing that I was thinking is, we they had those dinosaurs, and to us they're huge, but maybe they weren't huge. Maybe they were like pets to these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that. I mean, right? Like if you, if you think I mean, I'm trying it, to go in it with you guys because I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think this is true. But you guys are sort of like. You, Five minutes in, you're like, yeah, I believe this shit. Hell yeah, <laughs> makes sense. No, yeah. So I mean, I, I I've seen I've seen both sides, and uh, I I tend to err on the side that okay, there's not enough evidence at this point in time to to determine that if there's giants or not. But it's such a fun topic to think about because, like, when you start to couple, you start to like bring that in with like the pyramids, right? The pyramids are such a great uh, structure, but they laser like when you start to the mathematicians start to talk about like the measurements of it and how perfect they are. And you start to, you're like, dude, was there like a, a whole nother, like a whole nother like world that, that yeah, know, existed just, before just MIB your ass. Like at the, like r right at the start of human, uh, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Human, um, like civilization. civilization. Yeah. Just like look right here. And it's yeah. Like, All right, yeah. Yeah. We just got everything Steven, gone. Yeah. Steven, Steven, you, you, you've told me this before that one of your like strong arguments for this is like, but look at the pyramids, you know, it makes sense that giants build it. So then they had to live amongst the, the, the small people because, and then what they, they, they would grab them and like put them like a little dollhouse. Like imagine the pyramids. We're like Freaking little Minecraft evil doll houses. This this guy, you know. So you're saying the giants and the small ones lived out because they couldn't, right? It would Something. have to be evolution. I don't know. I just I I like to I like to romanticize the idea of it. I don't know. I think okay. it's kind of cool. That would be trippy think, to see. I mean, we have a tough time like dealing with like tall athletes. I think people still freak out nowadays when the people are like seven foot tall. You imagine if they're like fifteen? You know? Yeah. Dude, Everyone yeah. would be asking that they play basketball. Be like, what is that sport? Hasn't been invented yet. Well, you should play it when it comes around. Cause you're 50 foot tall. Yeah. Definitely it. It's uh, I mean, they're fucking like, what are they horseshoeing the goddamn <laughs> ball over to the net? Like from one side of the gang court. Yeah. They'd be so big that it'd be harder to just drop it in. Like that's where the, the task would be. Like that's where the challenge is. If they can, they can drop it on in. But yeah, man, that would be fascinating. Like that idea of like, you know, are they aliens? Cause I think that that's part of the thing that comes into concept. Like when you think about like them, co us, them coexisting, but I'm right there with you, Steve, where I think like, 
there's like this whole memory of human civilization that we're just not aware of yet. Like the evidence is gone. It's been like turned over something like that. And nobody cared uh, to write it down. It's like, or couldn't, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. Uh, yeah. We kind of I mean, the belief, the, the, the belief is that there's been many civilizations that started like ours and then ended and then thousands of years passed and then new humans, you know, because th there's actual, I mean, the, the giants thing, I don't know how much actual information there is. That's, that's facts, but there are factual information about a civilization that existed many thousands of years and then it stopped existing. And apparently they, they got to a point where they were really smart, right? And then they died off. We don't know why. And then when the new humans came, they were not as, you know, they were like more stupid. Right. And that's where we come from. <laughs> yeah. So the question route. is, do we just keep recycling ourselves? You know what I'm saying? Like, do we just like hit the point? Like once the internet's made, is it like a countdown before, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I think that the game is like, it, like it's very similar in the early stages. And then the part where the aliens are betting money to see what happens is when the civilization gets to the internet and then nobody knows what the fuck is going to happen. It could last five years, it could last 50 years, but they're just waiting to see when that shit's going to blow up. What's the over-under on us making to Mars, dog? I don't think they're going to make it to Mars. It's just like a bunch of people from another galaxy like that. Like a Las Vegas like a Las Vegas betting ring and shit? <laughs> Fucking yeah. no, I got, I got 20 on the on Earth. Oh, fuck. They're taking the oil from Venezuela. This is fucked. They're going in. Aliens just betting in this fucking like, you know, um, you know, one of those speakeasies uh, where they're like hidden doing some illegal shit. And they're just betting on, on what the fuck is going to happen on our civilization. There's another civilization somewhere else. And right. then we die and then they start again. I mean, it, it seems that that happened for real. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, no, I mean not we... the alien part. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to follow you here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, but, 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 but good friend, we need you Klingon, man. Me and this Klingon are tight, dog. We WhatsApp every once in a while because, you know, cell service out there is just horrendous. No, but the civilization that ex Fine, there was civilizations that existed and the tools that they had and, and things that they found, you know, it could be why the pyramids were built because th that civilization maybe was smart. Or maybe it was oppression. A lot of people died building those things, but. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, there's some crazy feats and stuff like that. Like, the other day I found out that um, or in this and looking that under like around Stonehenge, there's a ton of people like buried under Stonehenge Henge. And it was like apparently people believe that it was like some kind of a meeting ground where trade happened and like people were finding gold from like n different regions of the world embedded in like the the, um, the jawlines of some of uh, some of the the the. the the skeletons and and stuff like that is like kind of crazy to think you know because back then there was no cars like the the travel was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles like i, I don't know it the the world was a different place and we wouldn't even really we we're just scratch scratching the surface on on everything it's it's insane but um yeah you talk about it a lot where it's it's interesting what we leave behind and what people pick up on 
mm-hmm. because, you know, it's something where like, it's hard for us to extrapolate like everything that they were capable of with a little bit of like for Egyptians, all we got is like those paintings, right? Like right. the hieroglyphic, like the, it's not even letters, dude. Like, it's just like, we got to like essentially decipher when you're like reading a third grader. So like, does this kid depressed? Does this kid try to like, you know, talk about how his parents have long hair? I don't know, but you know, it's just something where like, we're doing the same thing with the Egyptians. And then I think about like, I always extrapolate it to where we are today where I'm like, are they going to look at YouTube? And then just like see us and be like, there's no way that these people invented satellites. There's no way. Like, look at what they're doing on this thing. <laughs> look at what they're doing, bro. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think there's just so much information that can be just like eliminated and still, you know, and just a small part left behind that. I don't know. Like maybe there's there's more that we were capable of back in the day and it's just hard to prove it. Yeah. that's I, I shared a meme today on Facebook and it, it was exactly what uh, Eric was talking about. And it was like these two aliens, as if they had just come down to Earth. And without knowing anything, context about human history or anything, they come down and the first thing they see is like Jesus on a cross. And then the aliens are just like, yeah, we need to get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> It's a hot LZ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you get to a planet and you see like a bunch of little guys on a cross, you're like, man, this shit looks, you know, it's like getting to an island. And like, you know, you get to like the place where the cannibals, have all this shit set up, you're like, man, fuck this. You see, just... Uh, which way is the In-N-Out burger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you get to like a bad gas station, be like, you know what? I'll, we'll get our water somewhere else. We'll just get some... Yeah. We'll pick yeah, up no, supplies. I think there. we have enough gas for the next one. <laughs> yeah, right? Let's keep going. And dude, if you look at it, like with today's example, uh, we don't really do too much gossip on this podcast, but recently... There was like this whole issue with Johnny Depp and his ex-wife Amber Heard about her saying that he was hitting her, but then it sort of was the other way around. But apparently they're both toxic. In it, whatever. That's not the point. The point is, recently on the trial, it came out that at the time that she had certain bruises, it wasn't when she was with Johnny Depp, and there was actually photos of the apartment of Elon Musk. Uh, while wh- wh- he was going out with her, like I guess they were drinking and shit. So Elon Musk w- was with this girl, right? With uh, with Amber Heard, right? And we know how toxic she is uh, uh, from what is is seen. And like with aliens coming back and seeing, like, okay, so this this is the Albert Einstein of today, right? Okay, Elon Musk, and 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 he chills with her, and he doesn't want to blow his brains. Like that's how powerful. Like that tells you. Maybe it's not the same to- uh, topic, but that's how powerful women are. Like she's so fine that he's like, "Fuck it, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna be bored for three hours." But I'm, that that would be the the example of today, like seeing Jesus on a cross. Like, you, know, Albert Einstein is with this chick, uh, and he's the guy the, that's fucking the the shock factor you're talking about. Like, like whoa. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining myself correctly. Like the no, the, the fact think. that it's like, dude. Us, we're like average guys, right? And if we're like with a dumb chick, we're probably going to be like, yo, this is boring as fuck, right? I don't know how smart she is, but I'm pretty sure that she's average. And this guy is a genius, right? Like, if he was to talk to us, he'll be get bored. Like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Shut the fuck up. Like, this guy's on another level. Like, you know what I mean? So the fact, like, I, he had to tolerate being with, talking to her about who the fuck knows. Johnny Depp's. 
Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, he's <laughs> Tell me everything you know about the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yes, I need to know. When you chilled on set with him, what was it like? <laughs> well, maybe the guy's like, like a little, maybe the guy's like a, it's like a little pimp, you know? Maybe Elon Musk. It's like, hey, girl, so what's good? Johnny Depp is a piece of shit. I'm pretty sure he, you know, he'll do it again. Like, yeah. he was. Come ride know, the spaceship. I'm just saying the fact that you can be that smart and be on that top level shit and at the same time fall for the basic temptations of life lets you know like we're simple beings that have animal instincts and to aliens would probably look very like weak in that sense you know that makes sense now i kind of understand that i mean what do you think uh eric uh, we we uh we kind of touched upon it but what do you think of um of aliens and the whole and the whole uh new shit about off off um off-world vehicles they call them you mean what is, I, I don't even know about off-world are you, but you're saying like them visiting us and then like or like them creating civilization for us no just just like um recently something was released uh of of the off-world vehicle um it, it's a statement that the government put out that yes off-world vehicles exist these vehicles are alien vehicles no these vehicles are vehicles that were not created on earth and they exist. Next question, kind of thing. So there's, <laughs> so, so there's life in other planets? No, not at all. No, but no. We have some vehicles that were created somewhere else by very smart beings, and and that's pretty much it. You don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah, pretty much they they confess, but sort of not. But it's sort of now official that they have acquired uh, technology from other other you know galaxies or planets, and. I've been following a story of this guy called Bob Lazar that apparently he worked in Los Alamos in Area 51 back in the 70s. And they were working on reverse engineering uh, like like a spaceship that had nuclear power. But this is a, like technology they've never seen before. So they were trying to like study this thing and reverse engineer it to see how we could do it in Earth, you know? So, but yeah, like pretty much it's official now. What was your stance on this? You know, the classic question: Do you think there's life in other planets? Well, I'll just I, I'll, my my first instinct when I I just saw uh, Steve just sent me the article. If if the they headline. can find a way to use these vehicles to to solve the traffic here in LA, man, like just let me know. Like that's <laughs> that's what I need to know. Like I'll, okay. I'll like okay. like I'm not worried about other like are you how are you gonna help me, aliens? You know what I'm saying? Like you guys are just gonna show <laughs> off? You just gonna be like look, look look what we built and then just like move on with it? You know, you're gonna be selfish? You know, or you gotta keep wait like ah you know. Send Elon the blueprints. You know what I'm saying? Like him and that Pirates of the Caribbean lady, they could talk about it, whatever. You know, they can go on their first joyride. I don't care, but that's what I need to know. And, you know, if they if they really have found something like this, uh, you know, yeah. I, I also feel like, <laughs> I don't know. I, also I know I like, threw you in the hot spot there because you're just reading it for the first time. So Yeah, but like when I- No, no, but we are too. I don't know anything else besides the fact that they use that wording. So I'm yeah. in the same boat. I think, you know, there's also the, 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 you know, back in the day, people used to, and this, I'm stealing from a guy right now. Who's the dude that did the original Cosmos? What's that name, dude? Uh, Dan Carlin? No, that's not, no. Da, no. Dan, no. Uh, I, I know who you're you talking about. Not Neil deGrasse Tyson, he does it now. Yeah. Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan. Um, if, if it wasn't him, it was someone else that wrote a book. Like, back in the day, before people knew what aliens were, or, like, even conceptualized the idea, like, it was a lot about, like, dragons and underwater sea monsters. And if you notice, like, now that we've done a lot, like, people don't think about it too, too much. And, like, now, 
but with, back then, if they didn't understand something, they would just be like, ah, it's a monster. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it was a Kraken. It wasn't, you know, instead of just understanding that maybe there's just giant squids out there or people just don't know how to swim and that's what killed them. I don't know. But like they thought manatees, they thought manatees were mermaids. You know what I'm saying? And like now we're here in Florida and we're just like nailing them with boats. And we're just like, they're, these mermaids <laughs> are in the way all day, every day. And it's just not as no, romantic I, anymore. I've, I've oh, had a man. few boys. I've, I've cast a few boys fucking manatees. On that thing, you know? <laughs> so You've caught them? Yeah, 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 yeah. A bunch of nasty motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's an endangered species. So what they should yeah. at least do is tag. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they they call them manatees, but I'm not gonna go in. That's, you know, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I, I don't have a wave like there. That's what happened there. I was there with I you. I like too. I like to have friends that I that I can help improve. <laughs> oh, but yeah, back in the day, they would see that they thought that's what that was. You know what Save I'm saying? The manatees. And then nowadays it's like we're on this next frontier, which is space. And we're like, yeah, if we don't know what it is, then it's aliens, you know. But maybe, I don't know. I'm not one. I know enough to know that I know nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's, I feel like, is the basis of all the stuff that I see in this in this realm of conspiracies. Crazy that you mentioned the uh, underwater know. monsters. Because like they're, they're, that, that is more... Um, more proven i think like these megalodon sharks like this the, that was a massive massive building in the water um you know same thing i mean as, as whale proven that's proven I mean, they, there's there's proof of like these massive there's uh, a movie so that's gotta be gotta be true it's got, it must be jason must be. statham would not lie to us <laughs> no that I, hey, hey bro, did, perfect you brought did, this up dude did you watch this movie i i i watched part of it dude i couldn't take you watched it, it eric yeah, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> dude, dude, go, go on, right? please. Can can you inform me because I need to know? Did Jason Statham roundhouse kick the fuck out of the Megalodon, or just, what the fuck? Did like you- a Bruce Lee movie, man. Just he put this leg on that side of its face. That's what he did. Wow, <laughs> man. Talk- and the movie was the movie straight up. Uh, to me, had like so many corny lines, and it was weird. I was just watching it to laugh. To be honest, I just lit one up and I was just laughing. But dude, there was a time where like they had a big ass boat. They have like weapons and shit. It's like, okay, how are we gonna attack this thing? And and Jason just like, I'm, I I guess I just have to go in the water by myself. It's the best option. And he just goes in the water with like a with like a harpoon. And he's just like, it's the best option, you know, like because he's Jason. We're too, and I'm just like, all right, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. And then he. It was corny lines, like he had the little headset on in the water by himself, and then just like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, as okay as I could be." I, like, he just corny lines from like tough guys, and, and it's all about but, your mindset. Yeah. That's what that movie's really about, guys. It's not about technology. It's not about who's got the bigger spear. It's who's got it up here. You know, who's got the oh, mindset yeah. to take on a megalodon? Because if you believe you can, you will. Then you still can't. can't. You will. <laughs> <laughs> you still can't. You're gonna get. Eaten. It'll be a quicker death though, so it'll be less painful. So, okay. So that, but that was real. Like not, none of the movie, but that existed at one point. Yeah. So that that was that was. Uh, uh, it's definitely like more plausible now. I'm pretty sure that people. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing it everywhere. Like, oh, the megalodon, the megalodon. <laughs> We're here that, talking, so. bro. Science. I, hope, I fucking hope so, bro. <laughs> like the megalodon. I mean, that's pretty true, right? We know. I mean, everybody's clear on that, right? And, I probably wouldn't know because if they existed, then the whole giants thing seems a lot more. Yeah, possible. yeah, yeah. It does, it does, it does. It does, it does. It does exist. It does, it does. Yeah. Right, then, gi- <laughs> so, twenty-three to three. Up, it lived between twenty-three to six point three point six million years ago. 
So in the Miocene to Pelocene era, I don't know. All right, when yeah. when architects, that's my when scene. these people no, that's start, my scene. That's my scene. That's your scene. Okay, that's. Trash. I'm not. This is not my. I'm history. All right, not but my, uh, but yeah, I mean, you don't have to give me the the politics on it. It existed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, so when it comes to like giants and things like that, like that's you, you tie some of these massive beings in, and you're like, damn, like maybe. Um, but yeah, you got excited it, about a Jason Statham movie, Stevie. What were you saying? Oh no, no, no! I was just like, because just because, of course, it's Jason Statham. He's gonna jump in, and he's a uh, he's the man. If, if, if anybody could do it, he could he could do it. Um, is that what you're talking I about? Really, or I watched I really watched it for him because right. You know. Didn't you say though, Kiko, about these um about these uh what's it called um th- these movies being created for for different uh regions of the world? They're more Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to touch on this too hard cuz I don't know what Eric's uh thoughts are and I don't want to put them on the spot, but since you mentioned it then fuck it. Uh didn't you Eric, feel Eric, Eric can take anything? Didn't you feel Eric that that movie was a bit and nothing wrong with it, but it was like a bid made towards the Asian market. Everything, everything had like everything was like written in English, and then also I, I think it was Chinese. And then I had a lot of Chinese actors, and I have heard that in the past years, a lot of Chinese companies have invested millions and millions on Hollywood movies and things like The Rock, that that makes all these like fantastic movies. They're like geared and sort of in a bit censored towards the Asian market, mainly China. And and when I saw that movie, because before I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. When I saw that movie, I was like, oh, yeah, this really... It, it didn't feel like an American movie, which is nothing wrong with it. But did, did you get that feeling? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I've had a buddy of mine, because uh, out here, I, I live in Los Angeles, so, like, the the, the world of, like, you know, hot, like, uh, what is it, hiring or casting comes up a lot. And I, I had a friend of mine talk to me about how you know, the Asian community has like a really uh, low proportion of being casted. And so that was actually something that stood out quite like apparently to me when I saw that there were a lot of Asians casted in that film. And um, yeah, and I believe that I can tell some of the shots were, I felt like some of the scenes were shot in China or like in the Asian, yeah. uh, you know, ge- in the coast, geographic in the coast. Yeah. So yeah, like that's a no doubter, dude. Like these, these movies for sure, what they are, it's all about making money. Like when you think about like, that's the first thing that these producers think of. They're not even thinking about like, you know, like necessarily how great the story is or whatever. It's, it's like they, when they think about actors, they don't think about like, oh, that's a good actor. They're asking, does this actor bring us X amount of views? Right? Like that's why The Rock will always keep getting casted. Um, so yeah, when they, when I see that they're bringing on like a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of the attributes from like, you know, the Asian culture for sure, that's what that is. And I think that like, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think what it does bring though, it's closely related to when you think about what happened with the Houston Rockets and like how sometimes there are, and they, I know with the Marvel Avengers, there's a lot of instances where it does lead to censorship. Like, I don't care about you pandering. I don't care about that. Like, if you know that that's going to get you uh, butts in the seats and you got millions of dollars invested. But when you think about like when someone has a creative vision and it can't go through because they're thinking about what the freedom implication is uh, in regards to how they can express themselves versus what China would take in and the money is interfering with what they want to express. That's something else. But yeah. Hmm. Well, I think that I think Eric couldn't have explained it better. Like that's exactly like Steven, if you didn't know, that's exactly 
what uh what I've been trying to say. Oh yeah, yeah, no. For for five years. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no but yeah. Because the thing is, the reason why I said you know like oh maybe it might be an edgy topic is because I don't mind. We don't mind if like a Chinese company wants to make a movie that shows a lot of the Chinese culture or whichever. That's fine. That's cool. My problem was, and and you you explained it very very good there, is that apparently there's, there's starting to be censorship because there's certain. It's not really just companies that are based in China, but are, they're companies that have influence from the Chinese government. And apparently they are able to decide like, oh, on this Avenger movie, maybe at the end, you know, instead of having this villain, make the villain something else. Or, And that's when I start having problems where the creative uh, freedom that these artists have, producers, the, 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 the directors, it, it gets taken away because there's so much money involved in making it, you know, be like, a, like I almost feel like in Europe when the football teams, uh, every once in a while you will have like a very, very rich oil person either from Russia or the Arab countries and they will buy a team that nobody ever heard of that was really bad in the league, like in the French league or the English league or Spanish league and they will inject so much money on it and buy everyone in the market and at the end the team wouldn't even really perform well because it wasn't players that really had the chemistry but it was just like, Let's just throw money at it and 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 sort of do it how we want, and it kind of disrupted the market. I feel, and I think that's what what, what can happen in these situations as well. Yeah, if, if you know, Marvel knows what like when you think about like how it happened with Marvel, like they know what they're signing up for when they're making the movie. Like they they have X amount of budget, and they know going into it, it's one thing. Uh, I think what comes to like I for me, like what bothers me, it's when there is something that a movie is being made and the intended action is to just tell a story or to get a message across but because it's tied to a company that's tied to china's revenue even if like china's not directly involved in what their box office predictions are they're like oh you can't do that you know and i think a lot about like you know the houston rockets like that that gm when he tweeted about how you know he supported hong kong being independent and they're like yeah you can't be doing that you know what i'm saying where like this guy is just expressing himself on an Amer- like on an American medium in an American way. And to me, like that's just expressing yourself. And then now, because of the cost that literally had, everyone starts, you know, like, hey, you can't be saying that. We're censoring ourselves for that. Like, that's where yeah. I feel like there's like that fine line. If you're like going into it knowing like, yo, whatever China wants, let's like get me. That's then that's your art, dude. That's what you're aiming for. Then that's what you're going for. But when it's not that and you're still being affected by that. That's that's where it gets dicey. Huh. I'm actually reading this story for the first time. And the Hong Kong one? Yeah, I didn't even know this was oh, the GM. And you know what's messed uh, or I find it curious and uh, peculiar in this thing is that a lot of the people that uh, like defended or 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 bash the GM for talking about Hong Kong, a lot of maybe basketball players and important figures are the same people that are advocating for like you know, PC culture in the U.S. and and for nobody to be like for all these protected groups, right, to have certain privilege. And, and you know, there are there are legitimate civil uh, rights movements. And, and I'm not going to get into, into that topic. But what I'm saying is it sort of seems like there's a double standard, like you're fighting for equality and, and, and you know, in, in, in your home field. But when it's on another side and they have, you know, regardless of what you agree with, if the people in Hong Kong have a legitimate reason to want to be free because of the of the repercussions that it would mean not, you know, being independent, 
then it's like, oh, no, we cannot talk about that. And it's like, I just find it to be hypocrisy. So the so China China owns the Houston Rockets. No, because but, the, because they 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 for sure fired him, right? Is what I no actually read. I don't know I don't think the GM was fired. It, it's just that China get like buys and consumes a lot of the NBA and every aspect of the work, hmm. watching it to buying gear, like you know stuff like that, and you know uh, the NBA will even travel to China to play games and they get ticket revenue from that. Um, and the Houston Rockets are one of the teams that I, I don't know for whichever reason, but they have a particular stamp in China. There's a few teams that are like that. The national brands, for sure. Like when you think about your Lakers and your Knicks. Um, but then obviously, like the Houston had a particular, they, they were, they, for years, they've been wearing Chinese letters for their, uh, for their logos on their jersey to like represent for China. And yeah. Yeah. So and and wasn't Yao Ming, wasn't Yao Ming on, on that team? for Yao Ming was on the Houston Rockets at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it has to, they have been, yeah, you're right. They had to have been around for a while and they do. And that's just it. They're, they're billions and billions of people over there. Right. I mean, what are, they, they, they make up a shit ton of money in any market, right? The movie market, the, the sports. Well, market. the thing is that recently, because, because for the last 30 years, they've sort of opened the door for capitalism. Now they have, this weird hybrid right where like socially it's still like a like a communist regime but on the economic side it's actually like an completely unregulated wild capitalism that me as a free market guy wouldn't i don't even support you know it's just no regulations in it so then what has happened is that in the last 30 years you actually now have a middle class in china before it was most of the people were poor and then you had a few people that were with the government. But for some reason or the other, the I guess the dictator or the, the leader of China at the time, which I think is the, the dad of, of, no, no, actually, it's, it's the same guy that's now, I think. He was like more progressive in the sense of like he, he didn't want China to just be secluded. So he opened the doors, but it's still very protected, you know, socially, it's still very protected, but they give them a lot of freedom for economic, because I guess they understood, look, the only way for us to be richer faster is if we allow our population to become rich and they have all that money in our banks. You know what I mean? In that sense. So now the Chinese population actually has spending money. They're not, they're not the poor country anymore. They actually have spending money. They have a middle class. So now what, you, what you're saying, Gil, there makes sense that there's actually a reason to want to be in good terms with that market. But what I think is that my protest or the protest that these people are enacting has, I don't think has to do with the Chinese people. I think it's with the regime and the lack of liberties that they have. Because when I support the Hong Kong fight, I, I, I do it because I want everybody in that region to have all the liberties that we have in first world countries. It's not because I don't like the Chinese people. I like them and I want them to be in a good system. So it's actually against the regime or the system that they have. It's not against the, the, the Chinese people. So if you're the Houston Rockets, I mean, I, I think they have political ties or, or money ties because otherwise as a Houston Rockets, I'm like, look, I'm, I don't mind that that guy said that because we support liberty for everybody. And I think people will back them up as well. I don't think the Chinese people will necessarily go against that, but maybe I don't know how Chinese people think in China. Maybe they do like their government, and I'm here just talking shit. You know? Guys, guys, I just got a text uh, from Xi Jinping, the leader of China, that we got to stop talking about this right away. <laughs> Stay where you are. Stay where you, yeah. Uh, Kiko, yeah, you need to 
leave your house right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it's crazy, man. They're they're that outreach is crazy. Eric, you were about to go off on something before I made a terrible joke. Oh, I I was no, I wasn't. Was I think I know? I think I was just. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious, like about the. Di- I'm trying to like explore the difference between what Kiko's bringing up, where it's like uh, the NBA players and the NBA has been very vocal about you know the civil rights issues that we're having here and how there's systematic issues that are are here in the country, um, but there's no doubt that there's hesitation about bringing it up to China, and it, and it goes to show, you know, I think where the dollars are. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, it's something like that. It's it's definitely like follow the the money in regards to their fear for China. I don't know enough about, you know, both those worlds to understand necessarily where the fine points are. But I do know that when that comes up, like my eyes do perk up a bit. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on there. Um, and that's definitely like a, a type of topic that if I don't have enough research in it, I don't want to go too deep into it. But uh, yeah, following the money, I feel like Usually, a lot of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely... just following the money. It's always about the money. It's always about the money, dude. Um, Follow the money. It's okay. And that's and that's something that I, I think, you know, as we get older, uh, we're going to be telling ourselves, our, 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 ourselves now, right? Like everything has a reason, you know, right now this, this podcast um, has a lot of general topic things, um, timeless, controversial questions that, that we try to answer um but then a lot of the times too you know we, we find ourselves just because it's 2020 like it's really hard to to stay away from the conspiracies right and uh something i would tell myself uh something in my younger years is that i would just read up a little bit more right talk talk i'm talking about it now and i still don't feel like i know enough to talk about it but i feel like it's a conversation to be had and sometimes just the conversation itself could actually lead to more knowledge of, of the topic. Cause like, for instance, I didn't know about the Houston Rockets. I didn't know any about this. Right. So I don't know what, what I would tell myself. And there's, I don't know, that's a topic in and of itself. Like, what do you think? Um, if you could tell yourself something from back in the day right now, or what would you tell yourself? I guess your, your, your previous decade, what are you now? 30 like me? Mm-hmm. You're 30, 31 almost in October, yeah, no? Yeah, almost. Yeah, in October. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um what would you tell what would you say to yourself now that you're a married man, you're you're living in LA? What would you tell yourself before moving and changing your entire life? Uh oh man. You know what I'm trying to you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we think about like how like I think what you're trying to touch on is how when we are we're always learning more as we get you know, move forward in life, you know, as we get older mm-hmm. and, you know, the truth of the matter is you can go in depth as much as you want on any topic. I feel like, you know, anytime you see, like there's people who get master's degrees and just like the Chinese economic system, you know, doctorates yeah. in that, and, and they still don't know everything, you know what I'm saying? Um, and there's still just our best voice for it. Um, and yeah, so like when I, if I were to think about like, like what I know in terms of my own life and like how I think about things that I can research or understand better that would have made my life coming back here and then like reliving where I'm at here. I don't know, man, I'm in the world of like, yo dog, you got to learn it. Like, you know, like it's one of those things where like, if you go through it, that's how you're going to learn it. Like if I, if I were to tell myself the answers, then I wouldn't remember them, you know, like, yeah. but it's so something about getting punched in the, the face. You don't think there will be like bullet head. points? Like you don't even like, like 10 bullet points, you know, you know, you still have to go to certain experiences, but you don't think if you had the chance, there's certain things that you would say that, you know, like 
I know it's very corny because his question is super like, you know, it's, yeah, it's open ended. It's super open. But I, I guess we, we were talking about this the other day and we we're like, man, like, uh, you know, and now now I'm, I'm living down here. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I, for instance, me. Right. I, I would tell myself not to worry too much about about the the, the physical aspects of things like as I, I was younger, I feel like I was really kind of my knee jerk reaction would be more of an anger jerk reaction, right? Like I'd be really angry. And then right now, you know, little things that happen, I, I would just say to myself, like, dude, like sometimes it's just better to take it easy. Like all this stuff that's going on right now, uh, you know, the, the coronavirus, everybody being cooped up, everybody being super angry at things. And I don't want to, I don't want to say that this is the same, but like step, take a step back, you know, and ask yourself, or right, is this going to matter? Is, is what you're, what you're getting super angry about, right? Like these people are not wanting to wear masks or whatever. Like they're, they're angry because they have to wear masks. But if you were to just wear a mask, would it really bother you? I don't know, a week or two, a month or two or yes, three from Steve, now when you, when you bothered. don't have, when nobody has to wear a mask anymore, because we all did our job. You, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes people get so caught up in it and those that's, an, that's a, that's a self lesson. That's a me thing. Like I, I feel like t- me, 18, 19, 20, I probably would have been one of those jackasses who didn't want to wear the masks, you know? Well, then I, even, think, like, you got to be a little bit more. Even, don't you think, because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny, right? Because the first thing, like Eric said, like, well, I mean, I don't care. What am I going to tell myself? I still got to live the experiences to really learn it. And then I'm like, no, but you could probably tell you, yourself something. And I'm still thinking about it. And then Steven says, oh, I'll tell him to like handle anger better. And then I was just like, yeah, but that's the exact thing that like parents and older people would tell that kid. And when you're that age, you're not able to process that, right? So at the end, you still do need to live it, right, Eric? Because yeah. like I was just thinking to myself, like, what would you tell yourself? I was like, man, I would tell him to be like a lot more careful because I started thinking about like the close to death experiences and shit, like stupid shit I did where I was just like, what the fuck was I doing, right? And but if I would have told myself that back then, I would have been like, that my older, my younger self would have been like, yo, shut the fuck up. What do you mean? <laughs> like, like I wouldn't have taken the advice anyway. So I think, yeah, I, I think that right. the whole dynamic doesn't really work. Like whatever you tell your younger self, your younger self is going to be obnoxious and fucking, you know, egotistical and think, you know, that he's fucking, uh, shut up no. me. You don't get me, yeah. bro. You, <laughs> you don't, don't get me. me. <laughs> You're you. I'm me. You don't get me. You don't You're a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> okay boomer <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah i mean yeah. i'll tell you right now like um i, I teach kids from pre-k to <laughs> all the way to like seniors in, in high school and i've even helped kids in uh, in college with like certain concepts and it's just like one thing that you really learn is like sometimes there's people that you could tell them like there is a wall right there watch out just go to the left and some kids would be like, great, thanks for letting me know. And there's some other kids would be like, what was that guy? It's like, bam! And like they just got to run into that wall. And then you're going to be like, and then they'll be like, dude, there's a there's a wall there, man. I should have told myself that. But, then, <laughs> no, but like, I actually think there's kids that will run directly. Like, yeah, oh, there's yeah, a wall. Exactly. A hundred percent. Be like, that guy said there's a wall there and I can't turn left. Watch this, teach. Wow, bam! Be like, you know what? That guy's got ideas sometimes. That guy's got some <laughs> ideas. <laughs> He's not that bad, you know. He's, He's not, not that bad. He was watching out. He was looking out for us, bro. <laughs> he was looking out for us. So, like, yeah, I, I think there is a definite a definite value in just like you know what, go through it, like learn it yourself. Um, and I don't know, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday and today a bit, where you know, I think about like 
I, I'm worried about how I can stress out about things. Like kind of Stevie, when you're talking about like being angry, like I get anxious about stuff. I get really concerned about like, if I, is this going to like what I'm planning to do? If I don't obsess over it, is it not going to happen? Am I going to fall short because I'm not trying hard enough or I'm not thinking about it enough? And that stresses me out and I hate that. And I wish I could tell myself, yeah, yo, chill, you're going to get there. But the truth of the matter is I bounce back and forth between like, I do want to be present. I do want to enjoy it. But that has been a tool that's guided me like all these years to be like, yo, you, that's how you got stuff done, man. Like when everyone else was laying in the cut, like you just, you know, nothing over it and getting it done. Yeah. This whole COVID thing, like once this hit, the first thing I thought of was, all right, what can I do differently? Like, what can I do to start teaching in a different way and have like a whole different experience and help help kids? Because I knew right off the bat, either people were going to A, lay back and collect the government checks or B, they're going to just be thinking about like, how can we make everything look like the way it did? Be like, dude, that's not how this is going to happen, man. Like I knew right off the bat, like this is something completely different and there's going to be a new future ahead of us where things are going to look different. And like, I was, dude, I, my heart was, I couldn't sleep for like weeks, but like, you know, I was able to do like a bunch of different things that like now everyone's like, Hey, that's a good idea. That's helping them out. But I was freaking out. Like, I wish I could do that without having that be like having a panic attack where I'm just like, it's like getting eggs at the grocery store. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, Oh, let me just try this thing. Let me just try how to teach on zoom better. Like stuff like that. Whereas like now it's like, you gotta, yeah. Oh my God. If I don't do this now, I'm going to, my whole family's going to starve. And so I don't know, man, it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I would love to tell myself even to like, yo, chill out, calm out. But I don't even know if that would be helpful because I may just, I may just like, you know, sit back. It may, and it, it may not work for you. Right. It may make like you no, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. And, and I, I commend you for it because I know like, especially the, you being a teacher, like these, these are some uncertain times, especially for like the education and how it's going to be handled. Obviously, education is never going to go anywhere. But I think the execution of it, especially if you're doing it for um, for yourself, like you are, um, you got to you got to get a little bit. You got to adapt. And, um, you know, sometimes that might mean, uh, you know, a, a little bit of an anxiety attack and possibly a Xanax at the end of the night. I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, that's, it seems like it's a good idea <laughs> sometimes. So, um, I think, I think everything right now is, is really, really crazy. And for me, like, yeah, I, I, I started, I started studying, you know what I mean? And, and I told myself, Ooh, I told myself after college, I'd be like, that's, that's it, dude. Like, I'm not going back. I'm not, I'm not going to go back to school, but, uh, it, it's what's going to work for me in this case. You know what I mean? So um, it's all about adapting, I think. Kigo Kigo's always adapting. He's putting out all kinds of stuff over there. So yeah. yeah. The other day I was just filming some homeless people putting out the content. See, you know what works. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's not true. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I believe that because there's like a you know how YouTube, like once you hit a video, it keeps showing it. I, I hit one where it's a dude who interviews homeless people throughout the country. So I was actually oh. like, oh, you do that too. Like, all right, that's it's fascinating. If you ever want to We're go trying down the it line, all. We're trying it all. It's desperate times. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing sketches, you know. We're thinking of like getting like a little ballerina dress and, and going into like areas where there's no vehicles and it's all empty. We're trying it all, man. It's desperate times, bro. Yeah. No, you do enough things. It's the law of numbers, bro. One of those things are gonna come through. <laughs> yeah, I hope. It's funny you say that, dude. It's crazy. I, you just start putting out content sometimes. Like when you start looking at the Broski Doodles, the first couple episodes, uh, to where we are now. It's it's we we nobody knows what the hell they're doing when they're when they're starting. Nobody, you know. But it's, well, we, it's still, we still don't know. We still don't know. But you know. But we but but but, but we uh, live that uncertainty better each time. <laughs> yeah, 
like I used to freak out to turn on this camera, you know, turn on the camera. Oh my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? I gotta, gotta get ready. Gotta, you know, make sure I, I put my deodorant on, you know what I'm saying? Gotta make, you know, and, and, and now, now it's like, Oh, you know, ready to hop on. Let's hop on. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah, yeah. it's get her done type of mentality. You know how Steven is, you know, very, he, he, he goes, uh, he has a vanity touch on him. He's always been the guy that's always clean cut, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I met some of my best barbers through Stevie dog. And I like, he's yeah. the one I'd go to. Like, where do you go, man? <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because, uh, just for the viewers out there, it, like Eric, you were the first one that showed me where to go get a tape. And then I just like, I fell in love with the, with, with the atmosphere so much so that i was like mom i'm gonna go start cutting hair as like a part-time like excuse me no you're not (laughs) that's for thugs and hoodlums and shit and i'm like mom what the fuck if i would have been a barber now then then i see you uh kiko your your sister karen who's dating uh rodrigo uh rod 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 roderick and I was like, and he's like pushing a sick ass 240SX and a BMW fucking 3C, whatever the heck it was. And I was like, if I would have just said, yeah. Well, and the thing is, Steven has that face that he's like the classic look of a, like of a Miami barber, right? Like, yeah, he, he could do it per- perfect. I would love to have started one of those, uh, one of those fancy barbershops. You walk in, they like, you know, hand you a whiskey, you know what I mean? Like powder your head, polish your balls kind of thing. That that that's <laughs> and, and the host host is a, a British British uh, girl. Hello. Yep. Hello, or... welcome. <laughs> welcome to Euphoria. Right. <laughs> like, That'd be, a fucking uh, trendy name like that. Charging sixty five dollars a, a haircut. Yeah. For hair. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. for your transformation. <laughs> Well, it's a whole new world, man. If you wanted to go back into it, dog, like you could just make it where it's like those, uh, you know, they come in and you you have like the luxury experience where, uh, you know, those movies where they they're working with a deadly virus and they got to walk out and like all that spray comes in them. You know what I'm saying? Quarantine, yeah. just walk in. <laughs> but like you're playing, like it goes to the beat or something. You know, you got that. I don't. I'm gonna let you create that. I'm just gonna put that in your in your court. Euro you Euro techno your- bouncer. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> No, but Steven, uh, um, I don't know how we got here, but that's it's pretty like funny. so. So, like, you know, it also shows <clears throat> how sometimes parents can knock down on the kids' dreams, right? Because you went to your mom, you're like, Mom, I want to be a barber, right? You know, I mean, like, oh, let me tell you something. It, it, it reminds me of, of Eric, uh, bit of the chancleta back in the day, right? <laughs> he would be like, you know, very, like, very Spanish mom, like, you know, does, doesn't speak English. I mean, I know your mom speaks very well, but it works better if it's very. You know, very accenty. I, like, hey, let me I, I, I up it. I up it ten times when I do that. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so, so he, his mom's telling Stephen, like, hey, let me tell you something. You know, I want you to like do something that's gonna make you money, you no know, cutting hair or nothing. Stephen's like, mom, it's an art. I can like, I can see him like, mom, this is it's a it's a lifestyle. <laughs> I, yeah, man. I mean, right? Th- tell me, tell me that when both of you actually are, are very creative people, when you guys started talking about um stand up or or uh and uh musically as an artist kiko what was your your parents first reaction and i'm this is not a knock on either of your parents it's just it's just kind of like that that idea back in the day right school is like number one at least that was in my house i wanted to know if if my mom was right or, or is it was like that because because a lot of people were like that or if she was just being a jerk <laughs> right no no it's no i definitely got that 
and to a certain degree, my parents were very supportive of it, but they also were like, make sure you also go to school too, because what you yeah. want is options. And that, that was their perspective. Um, it, it was to do that. So I, I remember when I first told them I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to do stand up. I was in middle school and, uh, no, I taught, yeah, it was either that or I wanted to be like an actor. I wanted to be like Jim Carrey. And, uh, and so, yeah, like they, they told me like, just, you know, do whatever you want to do, you know, and, uh, just, you know, make sure that you're always giving yourself options so that, that I appreciate it. And then there's the other, so I feel like that's in the middle of the spectrum because the beauty of being a comedian is when you go to open mics and you, you've come to, you have come to some open mics. I got. Some people had parents that told them to just go for it and they, maybe they shouldn't have, you know, like there's certain people. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember that dude who walked up on that stage at the hard rock improv and, or it was it the hard, it was the Probably. improv, right? Yeah. And I was like, yo, yeah, I think he's really drunk. Yeah, man. Like, and, and one thing that I find crazy, uh, and you know, I've always, I'm, I'm, I'm a super fan of stand up, and I follow it, I analyze it, and you know, w- within me, I have that thing where like some people is with music, some people is like in my, my mind, my little like frustrated dream. It's like I always wanted to be a comedian, and I always have those little times where I'm like, yeah, I could do it, but then I realize. That you know that the art of it, and it's a beautiful art, and it's one of the rare arts that you need to develop with a public, and that part to me is super crazy because as a musician, I, I do everything in a close environment, right? Like I make the music and do it all with the parameters that I think uh, are best, right? Like I judge my work, and I think I'm very harsh on myself, but I'm the only opinion on it. I mean, of course. I collaborate with people and some people help me out with stuff and they give me their opinions. But in general, I do the whole thing in a capsule. And then with comedy, it's something that very few people really have uh, material that, that they prepare all you know, in a room and then went to tell the jokes. Like most people, the right way to do it and the only way to do it right is for you to develop that material along with the audience. And then you find you know the timings and the, and the, and the words to strike uh, could you elaborate a bit on that, Eric, and and maybe confirm if I'm in the right, uh, if I'm looking at it correctly, and and how can you you know explain that a bit better that you've done it? Yeah, no, you nailed it. Like you need to have that audience feedback to understand like where it's going, and you know, coming from you know doing my stand up in Miami versus uh, Central Florida, other parts of the South, and then here on the West Coast, it's fascinating to understand where yeah, you need the audience to help guide you, but then you have to understand like there's certain audiences that do you want that feedback? Do you not want that feedback in regards to how harsh you take it? It's good to know like, all right, this doesn't work with this type of audience. Like, what do you want to do with that information? Do you want to change it to make it work like that? The challenge is, can you make it work for both? Or do you want to just go down that one arrow? Like, yo, I know my niche. Let me just roll with that. And uh, you'll see those comedians, man. If there's a Hispanic comedian, I can just tell you right now, there's some people that'll just straight up tell you like, have you ever noticed Hispanics like this? And other people are like that. And they'll just ride that all, all the way to yeah. the end, Right. And at yeah. that point, that's where you can follow <laughs> the money and see that. But then there's others that uh, I think a great example of that is like a Greg Giraldo where he's dead now. Um, and he would, you would not even know if it wasn't for his name and a few topics that he did that, you know, it was that realm of stand up of like, you know, Hispanics versus others. He just talked about things that he was interested in and general politics. Um, and the way I used to write is, uh, I used to, <laughs> I, I still do sometimes is I'll just talk it out loud and I'll write down what I think is good. And then I'll just try that out with the audience. And so you'll just hear if you ever, like, you'll just, if the same house or room as me, like even ever since I was a kid, I did it this way. 
where I would just talk in my room, talking to myself. I mean, you, you hear me laughing. If it, I laughed and there's something to it, maybe. Uh, and I'm just sound like a psych- psychopath. But the good news is, is that my dad did that, but he would just like talk to himself about like things he's got to do that day. Be like, I gotta make sure I gotta, I gotta go to the store. You know what I mean? So I gotta go to the, uh, I gotta go to the panaria. I gotta, I got all that stuff. And then, so it wasn't that weird for me to be in my room talking to myself. And then I would just jot down. And for me, like, it's just like spark notes. Like I'll just have like a sentence that's, you know, something about like, you know, like, Oh, grocery store speakers, you know, something like that. And I'll know to take a bit like that. And uh, I'll be able to go where I want to go from there. What's your, what you say is, is super important because one thing that comics say makes them strong is when they are in the road because then you get to get a, a feeling of the fabric in general in the whole country. And I mean, you, you could, you probably told, you know, were able to see that when you were in South Florida and in the South, the audience, you were able to say certain things and that was, there was a reaction and you go to the West Coast and it's completely different. And it's like, I guess the, the goal would be, not, I mean, not without censoring yourself, find a way to strike all those topics so that the whole country gets it, right? Or at least that you could tell this everywhere and people will have a good feedback of it. But I would imagine that that is, that is really hard, you know? And I, 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 I bet there's comedians that get stuck in the town that they are. They never go in the road. Maybe at the, at the time it was a good gig. And then when they do try to go somewhere else, they, they're so desensitized of the, the, the popular culture that they're just stuck in that little town mentality, so to speak. Yeah. It, I think a mini example of that that you all saw was when I did stand up in high school, like I knew my audience. I would just go up there. I'd just rip on the counselors and be like, Eric's the best comedian of all time. <laughs> and then I remember when I fir- finally like turned 18 or even when I was 17, I would just go to open mics that had nothing to do with our high school. And, you know, it's like, who's that principal? I don't know that guy. Like, and so all right. the jokes would totally go flatline. Um, and yeah, that right. definitely happens. Yeah, that definitely happens. And when it comes to like trying to expand it, when we talk about like audiences that, you know, whether you want feedback of them or not, it's, it, that is interesting. Like where you want to have everyone as understand it. I, I, there's times, especially if you're doing an open mic where there's a crowd of just comics. And so that change, like there's good and bad to that. Where like, if something works, you know, it can work. But then I remember I was here in LA, like in Hollywood, uh, trying out some material. And I was, the idea was about like, no matter how bad a person is, that everyone's got one good idea. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something that they've thought of that's like the, the way that they think of the worst person in the world. Like maybe they tied their shoes in a really good way. Who fucking knows? You know what I'm saying? Like there's just something that you can learn from them. There's always something you can learn. And I was talking about that, about the president, about Trump, and they shut down. And I, I thought that was strange because I was in this room full of artists and none of them were trying to like expand their idea. But then the flip side of that is like, yo, like, what am I saying? How am I saying it? That it's not opening their their minds to think about that. There's there's a way I'm introducing it, but, you know, that, that's where you, know, you go back and forth. And that's the beauty of it. That's the fun of it. Like you, you find this also like if you go, I, I recently went to a, well, few months back i was in in the u.s i chilled with steven and i went to a comedy club uh i saw uh pablo francisco it was fucking great and and i, I saw john mulaney i saw pete davidson pretty much the only ones that go to florida because nobody wants to play you know like especially not in miami you know <laughs> they don't go that far down but one thing that you would notice when you go to these shows you have the local people right And one thing that I found to be like an error or a mistake 
that some of them would do the the openers that are like local, you know, Orlando, Miami, Florida comics. Some of them would, and I think it, it hurts you to go local, you know, like also oh, what about the Miami Dolphins or you know what about the Mikosuki, you know, and uh, they're not wearing the mask here, like and like okay, you can get a quick laugh because if you're relatable, it makes it easier, but then you're not preparing yourself to go tell those jokes anywhere else. So you're really hindering your abilities when you do that type of shit. And it's sort of like what I, what you were saying, like, uh, or, you know, when you get stuck in those towns, you end up doing local stuff. And I guess you could keep doing it and make money out of it and you never really progress out of it. But I find it that it's so important the way that you route yourself with your audience because and that, that determines the type of material that you make. So in a way, it's kind of funny how comedians are also shaped by the reactions and feedback of the of the audience they play to so it's sort of like a it's, it's one of the only arts that i could think of that has that dynamic where like you're literally creating along with the audience every night that you go up yeah 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 i don't know enough about music to to say whether or not i mean maybe jazz is like that you know i i don't know if that's that's part of it or well, you definitely have know. improvisation <laughs> With, with other artists, but you don't have, I mean, I cannot think of, oh, definitely music, it doesn't exist. You don't have, you don't have a, a thing where like you are playing the music and based on the reaction of the people, you, I guess DJs, but. Yeah, I was going to say like DJing, you have to feel out the crowd all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's because what you're putting out isn't really yours. Yeah. And, and, and you got to play to the, to the. Like part of me wants to feel that that is a bit of like bullshit like dude when you're playing out there you gotta feel the crowd and know what to throw at them it's like they're fucking rolling on ecstasy and molly whatever you throw at them they're gonna jump around dog like i don't know just have Florida. some beeps some boops <laughs> and some skittly dupes and then you got it yeah i uh hey, wait, I wait till time. you drop it wait till you drop <laughs> it wait, wait what's going on <laughs> they go insane uh, I remember, I remember uh, DJing a wedding um, back in the day, and and dude, loud? no, I it was so funny. It was like the first one that they like let me go. They were like, I had nobody with me. Like, oh, just go to this gig and do this, and it was like a paid gig. This isn't like, oh yeah, just come to the party and and, and just play some music, whatever. Because I knew my crowd, but I didn't know like you know these people's <laughs> family. Crowd. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if these people are like super Latin family or if like they were like. New York, New, for lack of, because I don't really remember that much, but it was like, if they're like New York and they like the whole like freestyle 80s vibe, you know, with the LL Cool J, like, am I playing to that crowd? Like, and dude, I mean, for a good half of the night, dude, everybody's just like, dude, what the F? And I'm like, skip, 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 skip. <laughs> oh, oh you, oh, you like this song? And then I like find something. Oh, no, I failed again. Oh, yeah. Skip, skip. Oh, okay. All right. I'm feeling, oh, you like this Damn. BPM. Okay. You you like this BPM. Like I got down to a point where I was like, all right, you you want this speed. This is the speed you guys want. Right? Oh, well, but in, yeah. in a sense, then then that is, I mean, whatever, I'm not talking shit on DJs, but, you know, re reserving my comments, no, no, whatever okay. I could think about them, it does seem that that is kind of like the stand-up comedy of music, right? Yeah, it is a stand-up comedy. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about like music was huge to me with my wedding. So I'm just trying to think about like I think that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, imagine having like, Steven there. there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking scapegoating tracks like 
Because they're no. gonna remember All you, right. bro. Like they're gonna remember you. Like I've done so bad at stand up. I had a dude come up and sign up to do stand up right after me. He's like, "There's no way I could have been that bad. There's no way I could be as bad as this guy." So let I me just do- go up there. And he's chilling with his two boys, and we're like a small hookah bar. And you know, he just went up. And so, like, ah, this, you know, what's funny. It's like I, I've had a lot of good sets, but I always talk about my bad ones because they're just more fun to talk about. They really, they are. are. <laughs> so when you talk, when you talked about like just yo, just skip. I'm just imagining people doing the Macarena and then looking at you like when you choose the next song, they're still in that pose of the Macarena. They're like, Doc, what are you doing? Give us the electric <laughs> slide or something right now. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> yo, Eric, Eric. Like I'm pretty sure when you did that gig, bro, it's not a good look when you finish your set and you hear in the background like, "Oh no, fuck it, I'm signing off with this shit." You know, I could do, <laughs> I could do that. Shit. I could do it better than this guy. <laughs> oh fuck yes, I'm doing this. You know, like hold my beer. Like <laughs> that. That's the type of attitude that I mean. I guess you're inspiring, and that's that's all. Yeah, we- that's that's really what I do it for. You know, it's to bring others to the art and whatever it takes. <laughs> Eric, on a, on on a on a serious note. What, because like what you said, right? That you go in on when you used to do this, or when if you still do it, you go on yeah, stage. Used to, you sort of work out some topics, and depending on how they react, then you keep building on it. But then there's definitely a, a moment where you're going in just thinking like, all right, microwaves, and that's all, right? Like waffles, and then you go up, right? And then you start talking on this shit, and I just find it to be so terrifying because, like, when I play music in front of people, I sort of give this vibe that i'm confident on what i'm doing but i'm i'm always just doubting the shit that i'm doing and i've practiced this shit all fucking day and many days and i have it on lock and i'm still like fucking am i delivering this good and in your case you're going out there with nothing just microwave right and fucking ego waffles and then you're out there hey, what's, and you're talking and i just find it so terrifying to be there they're expecting you to fucking entertain them and you're just they're throwing you know blind bombs seeing what the fuck happens if you were to, you know, give from your experience some tips for maybe young people that are like thinking of getting into comics and myself, because I might fucking, you know, give this shit a try and eat a, eat a little shit. Maybe it might be good for for therapeutic purposes. But what would you suggest are like basic principles that, that you should try to do? I would say, first off, don't ever disrespect my waffle bits because those were my best. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you that right now. All right. I come out of your podcast and you insult me with my waffle. Rule number one. You know what that ego bit did for me? You know how far that took me? You know what that did for my family? And you just- I live in Cali, bitch. <laughs> I would say, dude, for real, I, I would say- Organic waffle. Yeah, organic. All right. <laughs> gluten-free. When no one else was talking about gluten-free waffles, I was up there. And um, I need it. I need I would say that honestly, I, what what really people have to understand in regards to when you're going through it is that when you're first going on and you're failing, just if it helps alleviate the pain, at least it did for me. No one remembers the bad ones, like unless like if you're out there and you piss people off, that's a little different. Like I think Steve, I don't know if you would have uh, been to those shows, but like I remember at the Hard Rock, which specifically stands out, there was a guy who did a puppet show. But he had the puppet that was able to like pee water and he just peed on everyone on the front row with this puppet. Everybody hated that guy. So like, but like, that's really what it is. Like if you're trying to be funny and like, it doesn't work out, I promise you, no one's going to stop you in a Walmart three days later and just tell you you're a terrible person. So like, there's there's really no consequence to failing other than it does suck. 
but there's no long-term effects. The only there's more good to it than not. You're going to learn more than you're than so that. insignificant that you're not even going to be a memory to these people. Yeah. So go out there, little buddy. <laughs> Just go for it. There's like, it's honestly, there's, there's no consequence. There's no consequence when you start off when you're failing. It's I, I love that. I love that. Cause you literally turn it around instead of there being this anxiety and this fear. You're like, who the fuck cares? Like go up there. Nobody's going to know who the if you fuck do great. You they'll remember you. It'll be great. If you don't, it's win-win, really, because if you do terrible, like think about it when if there's a comedian that's not funny on like YouTube, yeah, the comment section is terrible. But the truth of the matter is that video has significantly less views than like a Dave Chappelle special, right? No one's watching the shitty ones. So if you suck at it, then don't sweat it. Like no one's gonna see it, no one's gonna no one's gonna really know about it. And if you bring your friends and if they're pieces of shit like ours, then it's a win-win too, right? Because if you do good, the audience laughs. And if you do bad, your friends laugh. And maybe they can make the others think that they're laughing with you when they're laughing at you. Yeah, so I would works. actually recommend if you can go as far as you can without having your friends. like Because there's times where you need to bring your friends out so you can get on stage. And there's like they're called bringer shows. Like that's helpful. But I would say just just go. Don't tell anyone you're doing it. Just go for it. And that way you can get an authentic experience. Because that is actually for me, that was the biggest fear is like if friends came out and it went bad. I'm like, I, these are people I care about. These are people that right. I don't want them to like, you know, and uh, that's when I look back on it. Like when in the high school shows like that was that was like risky as shit, because like if that did go well, like I'm stuck with everyone for four years knowing that I did yeah. terrible. <laughs> you know, I never really didn't. Ha I didn't have that kind of context at that time. I just thought it'd be fun to do it. And I think um, you could pair this up. You could pair this up. Like if you're thinking of moving to a new town and starting over and it's like, and you're kind of thinking of doing comedy. Perfect. Even, even less people know you like yeah, go out there, do your thing. And in a way it kind of puts you like, I kind of felt that way when I moved, I've moved a couple of times and each time I do it, I'm in a new environment where it's like, I'm starting from scratch and I could tell people my new story. Like, Oh no. Yeah. I was a cool guy. A cool ass guy. Yeah. But you know, like, And people are like, all right, whatever, whatever he says, we're going with it, you know, and your life kind of starts again. And so uh, that, that's actually a good advice. I never thought of it that way of, of just being like, dude, nobody's going to care. And it's true. Like, what are the consequences? Okay, they don't laugh. I'm pretty sure that at the beginning you start seeing like, oh, fuck. And then you're like, you kind of just like dive into like the in, into the abyss of of just eating shit and you kind of stop caring and become a bit immune or you think it's always nerve-wracking it's no it, it takes it does like that's the one piece of comedy advice that's universal um i've had i've had really good comedians i've had not good comedians that are famous give me advice and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i had gallagher give me advice once and i fucking went horrible and my sister's like eric he smashes watermelons on stage like if anyone doesn't know who gallagher is he's a comedian that was famous in the 80s for smashing watermelons on stage <laughs> like what the hell is he going to be able to help you with your stand-up set But yeah. one piece that is this guy, this guy, this guy, mustache. <laughs> yeah, mustache, bald, hair coming out on the sides. He probably wears a cap. Guys, yeah, yeah the, the, the guy's Looney Tunes. And he, he's just, I mean, he was one of those guys that when he talks to you, he doesn't look at you. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. one of those. Doesn't weirdos. look at you. He's like looking at the skies. Like, what you gotta do, man, is when you go up there, you should, you should have something in your pocket that you take out to talk about your jokes. And it's like, dude, that's, and I was dumb enough to do something like that. <laughs> 
That's what I'm saying too. Like, yo, if you bop, they're your best stories, bro. Like your good stories, you're like when you have a good set, like those are like proud <laughs> moments. That's awesome. But like the when you like, I don't know, there's something about failure that uh it it's 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 hilarious. Um it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I, I definitely, you just get to a point where if you do it enough, and that's the universal, uh, piece of advice that works everyone would just go up as much as you can because, you know, it's, it's, it's about getting comfortable. So that way you can really feel out like who you are. Cause you're going to go through your phases where you sound like your favorite comedians or you're, you know, are you just not doing well, whatever it is. But if you can just get so comfortable that you really feel like you're being yourself up there, then you setting yourself up to have a much better set and to be able to grow a lot faster. Um, and there's always a, a sense of like, I want to care enough. Like you are going to care. There's enough anxiety that, you know, it, it keeps you focused. Um, but yeah, like it's, it doesn't get to be overwhelming where you're forgetting stuff or you're messing up by accident, things like that. All right, guys. Well, Sick. if you guys want to sign up for Eric's comedy class, it's going to do virtual classes soon. I might sign up too, and I might give it a try here. They have some little clubs here in, in, in Spain where like expats and people that are from the UK, you know, go to see comedy. So I might just get up there and be like, hello, today. And I just fucking do some like thing in British accent, and, you know. Whatever you want, man. And if that works, then I just got to keep doing it. Uh, but look, bro, I wanted to show you something. Uh, this video, I do want you to put the volume. We're all going to watch it together. It's a minute and 30 seconds. And after we all watch it together, then we're going to talk about it. Uh, it's on the chat. And I want to put it all to play at the same time so that we can all see it together. And then we can comment uh, on it. Steven, uh, let me know when you're back. Yeah, I wonder if my, is my phone still recording? God bless it. My phone's still recording. Damn, man. Steve Jobs. So click on the link. And let, are you all ready to play it? I'm good to go. All right, yeah, go put, the, put, put the volume up and oh. play it in one, two, three. Oh, I've seen this. I will show you, fucking sir. Damn. <laughs> it's funny. I need your corporate number now. Get it for me now. Well, I'm going to ask you for the fifth time to stop calling me a man. Because quite clearly, I am not. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not. No, yeah, super. Yeah, don't cuss. That it, that changes the person game. like hidden behind the thing filming like. <laughs> Oof! <laughs> I need my meds. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Well, that's a, that's a rager. We're good, bro. I didn't know 
Now we have the first transgender Karen. I just I want mean, to say because before because I know we're gonna get that's because the the title of it was transgender uh what like transgender ma'am goes off in a GameStop because I know there's that whole topic if we could dive into that I just want to say I, I'm finding hilarious about this is seeing an adult uh freak out about yep. video games <laughs> <laughs> at that level like would that what I, I was it ma'am so I I, I got respect ma'am kicked over like a display i don't know what they're mad about but it's about video games no it was like about a return like a return because the game sucked or something like i don't want this game it sucked, she uh, sucked then, that. you know. that's why you can't be don't be mad at the clerk because you don't know how to beat Shrek tekken 5 you know what i'm saying yeah, like, yeah. that's 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 not that it's not the clerk's fault it's just it's just bro I, I i just realized watching it now where where he looks to the right like at the beginning there's this lady like you need to calm down you need to calm down Dude, imagine Bro. you are as a woman like as a guy if that person like comes at me i'm fucking scared dog fucking it looks like one of those giants that steven was talking about yeah, and then yeah, yeah. the lady's like you need no you need to calm down and then towards the end he was like oh, oh he was like transforming and shit that poor kid man that, that poor kid at one time he was like saying like you know i, I know i'm sorry sir it's like fuck don't call me it's like he, he by nature he was just calling it sir calling her sir and then she was like i'm a male yeah. you know yeah I, I, for me like i i i understand where her frustration can come from but my always my perspective has always been listen you know we've all come up especially the older you get like i'm just used to seeing that frame and i just like my mind goes to like a his right so just give me some room for error because I'm, I'm trying to work with you here. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to I want to say I want to refer to you in the pronoun that you're you're comfortable with and that you're I'm all about that. But just do me a favor. If I slip up, don't chop my head off. Don't be kicking yeah. over my Starcraft sign. You know what I'm saying? That especially I, I three days setting that display up. Do, do me especially a favor. if you're <laughs> if you're on your second cycle of steroids that month. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, you know, the, the, are going on today. So yeah, you know I mean, give me a little margin of error there. If you're on your second cycle of steroids, that I might not see you as a petite, delicate girl. And if you're coming at me with the rage, the road rage, that's very peculiar, particular of somebody that's on their second cycle of steroids. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, dude, like you said, she's this, this middle aged used to be man, now woman. Uh, or maybe he just she you see what I'm saying? I'm messing it up myself. Like even even they like I, I get a little bit bothered when people get super upset about the pronoun situation when and I understand that you want to be considered a certain way, but like is it fair is it fair to all of us that 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 we could be like chastised for messing that up you know what i'm saying like i mean is it if i guess it's a case by case like a situation like that like i'm definitely thinking you're you're pulling a fast one on me bro you're just trying to put put up i've seen pranks like this on youtube you know what i mean like, oh i see you're saying you don't even think it's real you think it's somebody just trying to yeah like that's like your 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 execution is really really like not there well, yet. That's like a, i mean that's you're, that you're, not, you're not even being Within. You're not even being delicate. No, but fuck it. I'm just going to be honest with it. Like, <laughs> like, I think that, you know, like if you were just people, people get too angry too fast, man. People get too angry too fast. This goes back to what I'm saying. Like, if it's really going to bother you, 
you know, a day from now, if you're going to live your life the same way, and then just, just let this slide, man. I mean, I did hear, though, in the video that for the fifth time, you've called me a, 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 um, a sir or sir. whatever. And, 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 you know, I, I get that, you know, I get that, but I don't know. Come on, man. Because that's such a, like, you got someone, he's the, that, she's the tallest person in the room. It definitely got the biggest frame. And this dude has been selling nothing but World of Warcraft subscriptions for the past four years, right? And yeah. like, there's a very low stakes environment. And then you just got this, just this, this huge violent, you know, like being in front of you, like threatening you, like kicking over, you know, Super Mario signs. And, you know, you just like you're you're under pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like how many people are good at practice? But once the game starts, it's like they forget how to throw a football. Right. And so like you're, like this person is trying their best. Like I, I believe that the person by the frame, like and maybe the maybe the person behind the desk is being, you know, condescending. Who knows? Right. They're gamers. They're trolls. Who knows? But yeah, I think enough. there's still an argument to be made. where like, I thought this dude was going to hit me over the head with a Wii controller. I didn't know what was going to happen. So like, you know, like I was, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I feel like, I think this person, I've seen a lot. I've worked at a grocery store for a long time. If you've, it's Florida, if you, you know which one it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen people freak out because they couldn't get a return or refund. And it's, it's a mental health issue at that point when you're getting that angry because you can't return Tekken, that's that you're dealing with a bunch of other things. Yeah. That's and, what I was going to say, like, I don't justify that at all. Even if the, you know, like. That's not the way to go about it, even if the guy was being a dick, which I'm pretty sure he was not. This is just a kid that all he knows is Warcraft. When he plays Warcraft, the, the, the lady characters look a certain way and the, and, the, and, and the warrior characters look a certain way. And he was just like, this guy looks like the warrior I fought last night. You're a level 50 orc right now, dog. I don't care what <laughs> yeah, you're giving yeah, 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 you I, I need to get battle axed in the head. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> I need to call my clan and, 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 and you know, and talk about this, like. And then you're coming at me screaming, you know, with a Wii controller in the fucking air. So would that be called a raid? Like, would you call a raid on that yeah. person or you would I have would, a full on? You would need to set it up, schedule it, and then you go and you go. And then when you, you're there casting spells, like, I'm a man. <laughs> casting spells. I need corporate. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Oh, uh, man. I mean, I, I think that that was in 2018. At least that's when the video was published. And, you know, things are really getting help, like extra sensitive, especially now. I mean, and, and there's what was it in Canada? They even passed a law that you can't that you can not call someone by their not their 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 pronoun or whatever it is that so they they in basically Canada? in Canada. I know that, I know that Jordan Peterson, uh, which is a. Uh, like an intellectual like a psychologist, right? Yeah, a clinical like psychologist, that. author, and I listened to him a bit. And back in the day when that happened, I listened to his argument against it. And but I'm, I wasn't sure if they ended up passing the law or not. But yeah, you are correct. It was Bill 16, something like that, uh, which meant that it was you could be liable by law if you like misgender somebody, and like. The first argument I had about it, because like, you know, I'm, I'm down to call you whatever you want and, I, and I'm cool with it. But it's just like, how do I know before you tell me if if apparently you could be whatever it is that you want? Like you could say that you're like a gender that is like a little being that exists in a, you know, like there's not like, OK, three or five or ten is infinite. So then at least tell me what's your avatar that day so that I can address you correctly you know and i understand yeah. it i play video games every day i'm into you know 
thinking I'm a dragon and shit. I just don't need the law to like back you up. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot people in the face if they don't call me, you know, Master Dragon. Oh man. Um yeah, I think it's really screwed up. I mean, I I think that that's a that's a law that's like just unenforceable. I mean, I, I'm sh- to a certain degree, I'm sure people who 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 get called the the pronoun that they're not after consistent like saying, but like how how you know where's that line, you know, and what are the parameters? I guess it's it's really dumb in my opinion. But I do feel like you can identify with whatever you want to identify. Go for it. You know what I mean? Um, but then then like when you start to add so many of these like these rules uh they start to like kind of overlap a little bit right so like if this person identifies as a woman okay in this video right but what about like uh what's that um catch me outside girl uh whatever her face is Uh, You, you know what i'm saying like like she probably more so identifies with like the african american culture but mm-hmm. is she allowed to say that she's black? Do I have to consider her as? I mean, not that not that there's any anything. Well, there's the an actual, there's a documentary on Netflix. I think is where it's at. It's literally like this white lady says that she identifies as a black woman. So oh, I, I so, mean, so, so it's yeah. gone. It's gone that way. And and you are right. The problem with that law, just quickly, uh, Eric, are, are you good to do thirty minutes more? Yeah, yeah, this is good by me. All right, so uh, I'll keep recording and just hit your camera, Steve, in a a bit. Uh, What I was saying is the problem is this law at the the moment is only deciding a small thing, right, which is like, oh, you want me to call you this pronoun or the other? Most people really don't care, right? But it's the technicalities of it. When you start uh, uh, compelling uh, speech, like you're able to, to, to decide what people can say and not, then you can fill the law later on. Like you can add things like it's very vague. The law is so vague that it says you need to call everybody by their pronouns before you even talk to them. But then there's infinite amounts of pronouns. So then there's no way for you to know. So then that also leans itself for you to, for example, be told like, no, you cannot say this because this is trans phobic or whatever and who decides what that word is it, it goes to a slippery slope i believe uh when you when you have this type of laws that control the way someone speaks and and someone expresses themselves yeah i think um i think that everybody being i think everybody being conscious is important uh, i think once you get to the sensitive part it's kind of it kind of gets a little a little I don't know, childish or, you know, like it's it's like the tantrum that's being thrown in this video. Right. Like just like it's okay, You know, maybe if you really wanted to drive that that point home, if you really wanted to drive that point home, then all you have to do is, you know, just just go about it like a mature, you know, person who can maybe sit there, wait for everybody to clear out and be like, hey, look, I really didn't appreciate that. You know, this is this and this and this is why if you care to do that, if not, walk away from a situation. How many times have your parents told you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I mean, maybe your parents did or didn't, but like, oh, if you get into a fight, just just walk away. You know what I mean? Like it's if it's not it's not going to not going to make you any less of a person. You, you get what I'm saying? And the fact that you're trying to change 
somebody else's beliefs uh, by force, by by uh, aggression, it's going to be a little bit, mm, it's not going to be well received, you know, so that's yeah. my uh, two cents on that. We're saying like, you're talking about like being able to enforce laws in regards to like dictating how people say things and do things. Yeah, yeah like that, yeah. that at the moment, it might be something simple. But then that could be a slippery slope to them saying like, oh, you cannot say this now because this falls within that law. So the law is very vague where like you can pretty much interpret it, you know, however that person who's in power can decide. And that I think is a scary part. I think it's more the job of the culture to sort of condemn or celebrate the things that people say, you know, like there's things that are not illegal to say, but people don't say them because the culture understands that that is mean and you will be shunned for saying that. So I, just, I think is these type of things are best left to the culture and the court of public opinion because that itself keeps pushing the bar forward with progress. But when you start putting it with laws, uh, the, the reason why I say this is because I've seen this go to the extreme. In Venezuela, they pass laws where it's like, oh, you cannot instigate hate, right? Like that's the law. You cannot instigate hate. But then you can define what instigating hate is. So uh, a politician saying all the fallacies and all the errors of the government or the regime at this stage and pointing out all the money they steal and pointing out all the things they do wrong, the, cover, the government can then say, it's like, oh, well, that that you're saying, that is uh, incentivizing. Instigating him. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, pass interference in the NFL. Like they can't really define it, but like every once in a while, they're like, oh, I felt like that was it. And uh, it can really <laughs> like, it cost you a game. Yeah, man. I think like what uh, that really reminds me a lot of when this whole pandemic response started happening and there was the idea of like, you have to wear a mask. Like I, I get it. Like I'm there. I wear my mask. I think it's the right thing to do because it's transmission. But I think that there has to be the understanding that we're allowing the government to tell us what to put on our face, like what we have to wear before we go somewhere. And, you know, it may, yeah, it's just a mask. Right. But that's how it starts, dude. You know, like that's, that's the type of thing where when you set that precedent then it just becomes normalized. And there's now laws that can back it up or they can now enforce it with, hey, you got to wear, you know, a T-shirt with our president on it because of the it falls under the explanation of the mask law or whatever. Like, that's a huge exaggeration. But yeah, yeah. I, I think just because, I, and that's what bothers me about everything that goes on. I feel like everything has to be one way or the other. Everyone's got to be jumped on one boat or the other with any lack of understanding of the other side. And that's that, like, I think you can wear a mask but you still need to have in your mind be like, I'm doing this because the government's telling me to do this. Like you need to have that like in the back of your mind and that understanding. Um, and you can, you can do that. And there's others that are like, I'm not wearing a mask because I don't want the government to tell me what to do. But I, you have to, I also understand that that's a, that's a selfish act in the sense that you're also making it more transmissible. It's not actually masks do more for others than it does for you. So, you know, but I, I totally understand that part, you know, like, you know, like, you know, Stevie and I being Cuban, like, we, oh, yeah, bro, like, you know, they talk about it, like, hey, man, the government wants to tell me what to do something. No way. Like, this is no my way. parents are flipping right now. My parents are yeah. flipping right now. And it gets me nervous that I I see it, too. I like it helps give me perspective on, like, how scary it is to have that, you know, control being dealt out. Like, yo, restaurants, you can't be open right now. Why? Because of COVID. But what, what does it look like five years from now when they can classify a certain amount of businesses as like, I don't know, essential, non-essential, and they limit it for some other reason. And then the bam, yeah. the government can just control what businesses can run and can't run. Even yeah, I, I would be a hypocrite to say that I didn't support the people's right to like not wear a mask because it is infringing in their freedom. And I'm sort of on that boat. But the way that I look at it is that 
it should be something that people do voluntarily, but they still do it because the culture is pushing them that that way. Right. And what's sad is that, yes, you need that freedom, but you were you would hope because like that's the way, the way I think it. Like even if it's not required for me to wear it, like I'll wear it. You know, here and where I live is required by law. Here you have less rights, right? So I totally understand how that uh, infringes on your freedom, but you would hope that the culture would still do it, right? And sort of have your perspective on it. It's like, yeah, I mean, I want to do it because I want to protect myself and others, not because the government is telling me. I think that should be the the case, but it shouldn't be like, I'm not going to wear it to prove to everybody that my rights matter. It's like, okay, we, you know, just wear it and that's it. Just wear it, bro, please. Yeah, there's like this uh, common sense, common community sense that's not, it's not there. It's not there. You know what I'm saying? Like when you when you see when you see elderly people in the bus, right? Like the right thing to do would be to just get up and let them sit down. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it there there is no law, there is no rule that you must, but it but you but you should. You know what I'm saying? Um because that doesn't do anybody harm, it actually does somebody good. And people don't want to do good any as much as I would think that they should. Uh, so yeah i mean i don't know i don't know where we're going with this and uh i feel you on the cuban on the cuban culture like bro like are your parents right now they're like oh you're starting in a cool right bro go to my mom's go to my mom's facebook page it's a fucking trump rally i can't can't do facebook (laughs) right now man i saw it's november it's a COVID thing oh man i I post for my business and then i dip like i just don't yeah get out get out while you can dude what do you what are you like the only Republican in California? There's like, I, that's the thing. Like, I, I for me, I'm like, I, I it, you would, because I would, I don't like, I don't like Trump either, like in a lot of ways. But I'm also one to be like, yo, there's some things that he's done that, like, yo, he said he said he was going to do something in certain he aspects. Did he did. There's things that he didn't, and he didn't, and that's like that's its argument there. And I think there's just, I don't know. And like the fact that I just want to think like that, like, yo, let, let's think about what's going well, what's not going well, and then same thing with Obama, like. I watch YouTube videos of that guy. I'm like, man, I wish I miss somebody being able to talk like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just be able to just like be professional, be an adult about situations. I miss that, you know. But yeah. let's all yeah. have conversations about what maybe we don't like about you know what they did and things like that. But now out here, dog. Well, in in our past podcast, we were actually saying having this exact conversation, and we thought like, wouldn't it be great to have somebody with the tenacity or you know call to action that Trump has, but with the ethics and, and you know, of uh, and, and, uh, diplomacy that uh, and, and speech skills that Obama had. And then we were like, yeah, but then that would mean the country would run great. And then what fun would there be? You know, but <laughs> but it's fun. Right? Like, that's why Trump is president. Dog. I think people were just bored at a certain point. Like he was so entertaining. Those primaries. Yo, if you want to look back, that's some that's some good comedy right there for real. Just go and watch the Republican, like Demo- like the uh, what is it, the, the the primaries for the Republicans. Yo, Trump was on point, man. He was hilarious. He was fun to watch, man. There's no doubt about that. Does that make you yeah. a good president? <laughs> Probably not. But I mean, man, yeah. like everyone, I felt like people confused the primaries with America's Got Talent, and they're like, <laughs> I want to see this guy for another round. They Not put realizing. him. They put him at the same <laughs> time. Put him in. Put him in. Put him in. <laughs> They switched it out on people. Yeah. People didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. And like, what up? Is, is Trump in Dancing with the Stars or is, or is this for presidency? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <For> pres- <laughs> oh, shit. No, but I, I mean, I kind of like him still, you know? 
You know what's great? You know what's crazy, dude? Recently, I, I told uh, Stephen to watch it, and you'll be. I think you'll enjoy it too. Recently, the president gave gave his f first interview, like to sort of you know for the reelection, and he did it with a guy called Dave Portnoy, which is from Barstool Sports, right? I didn't know the guy too much, but I've gotten to know his work a bit more. But dude, it was a really funny interview. You know, you can see how this guy just says whatever he wants, and what I was telling Stephen is like. At least you know whatever he says and does, like that's him. Whatever, like how whatever how bad it is, is like that's that's all you're gonna get from from that individual. But bro, he would say things like, like answering a question, like, "Oh, what about your tweets? You're always tweeting and shit." And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I love the tweets. I love it. I love it. You know, I put them out. I put them out. And, and sometimes, you know, I want to get them back, but you know, you they're out there already. And you know, back in the day, you used to write a letter, and then the next day you would read it again, and then you find if you send it or not. But here you just send it, and you know, I. It kind of like admitting, like, hey, sometimes I'm I get impulsive and say, and it's just like, really, that's a, the president. Like he could, he he could talk like I'm talking on my podcast about shit. Like, yeah, dude, that that podcast, I, I probably said some shit I shouldn't have said, right? Like that's not the same attitude you want on a president. Like, I did I tweet the correct things? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, too, like, like, what do we expect from? from our president like and i'm not talking trump i'm not talking obama i'm talking just in general like what do, what do, what do we expect from a president you know what i'm saying like you had bill clinton who had uh an affair in the white house you got uh nixon who who got greedy and was doing uh, you know figuring so, out the whole yeah, thing yeah he with, was with, secrets from uh watergate there from the democratic uh convention yeah convention yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's just like i, I mean we we are not a perfect human race and we're not a perfect country and we're and we're just not you know what i'm saying so this is what we're dealing with right now and he said this he did this he said this and he hasn't done this and we got to keep that across the board like we we can't just sit here and 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 put on the news that trump is the worst president ever when when there's i mean you know we're throwing stones in a glass house here with everybody else who's been in office too. I mean, there's, there's better and worse, obviously, but that's all objective. That's just, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh not to get political, but you know, tr Trump, Trump isn't being nice at all or, or humble in, in the fact of this coronavirus. He's getting rid of people who are against, uh, opening up the country like Fauci or whatever. Right. Um, but then you have people on the other side where it's like, well, Obama, uh, you know, oh, he doesn't want immigrants here. Trump's people are saying that Trump doesn't want immigrants here. Right. But nobody's talking about the most deported am amount of people were during the Obama era. So it's like it's like, dude, like, why are, why are we? You just want to. Yeah, well, the thing is, the, the authority, thing is that you know what I mean? all the other politicians in the past, they held a little charade right like the little front that they were good and then you discover all the dirty shit they did with trump what i was saying is like you, like you just described it whatever you see is how he is but you know there's no secrets i mean i'm not saying he doesn't have secrets but i'm saying like the way he acts he spews it all out he cannot hold it in if he has like seek like if he has like plans and shit that he he just says it because he loves that shit he loves just saying it he cannot he cannot stop himself from saying all this shit He's a president. He has people that tell him how to speak, and he still cannot hold himself from saying the shit he says. So for people, it's a lot easier to see someone like Clinton and be like, or, or Obama, and be like, oh, the way they speak. I mean, Clinton, I wouldn't say he was amazing, but 
But, you know, like, oh, look, they're presidential looking. They talk and they do things that correctly, you know, which is the, the, the minimum that you would expect from a president. So I do understand why people don't like the 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 look of, of Trump. But then is it better if it's like that in the front, but in the back is a bunch of dirty secrets and, and, and bullshit that's going on, you know? So I guess, you know, you're playing with the with the looks of it, but you really got to look at the facts. Like, who's really the lesser of evils here? Yeah. You know, I, it reminds me of like when you go to like a, a a good restaurant and then there's Waffle House. You know, why I like Waffle House is like they you, it's not great, but they don't pretend like they're great. They make it in front of you. They're like they got the dirty ass waffle cookers in the back. They still got butter from like five years ago. But you're like, you know what? They're doing it right in front of me. I know they're not spitting in it. <laughs> and they're just giving me my waffles. And I know it's not great, but I know what I signed up for. Whereas like anyone done. that's worked at a restaurant, like a classic restaurant where the kitchen's in the back, we're like, it's nice here. You see how it's fantastic here. We got nice seating, the lighting, amazing. How are you doing today? How's that? How's everyone's meals coming along? But in the back, it's just like in the kitchen, it's just like it's just a cluster. Like the, movie, like the moving waiting and shit. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. Or gross. How about you have Armando and Rodrigo in the back jerking off on the fucking marinara sauce? <laughs> it's a mess back there, man. You know, so like I think, yeah, I think like Trump was Waffle House, and then like Obama is like maybe like I don't know, like a really yeah, like, nice like IHOP. Chipotle when they had when the guy like E. coli, that's like the Clintons, and then yeah, Waffle House is is like yeah, this is me, bro. This is this is what I got, and I'm going in. You know, hold my beer. I'm going in. You know, right? Like, oh, but what about like grabbing them by the pussy? Yeah, you know, ah, Waffle House, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is what it yeah, is. Did you want me to put the chocolate chips like this on it? Like, yeah, like that, but I know what you're doing right now. I see what you're doing. I see that's how you sprayed your, your waffle can, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and fucking salt bay the goddamn chocolate chips on the pancakes. I think it does highlight, man, but like what you brought up, Kiko, really just highlights the idea that we are like such a sucker to appearances. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the thing about like these presents. Like when, like that's why I don't trust Obama. I'm like, he is so smooth. He is so He's too smooth. smooth. Oh my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Like what people say, like, do you know Obama? You know, like, I don't know. Like he, he sucked all the ocean water out and gave it to Mars. You'd be like, he did do that. He did do that. I bet you he did. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Trump, like you said, like he can't hold anything back. He's probably the first president of all time. They didn't tell him about Area 51. Like, don't, don't tell him about it. It's, listen, if you yeah, tell him about definitely. Area 51, everyone's going to know about Area 51. We've been working really hard to keep this a secret, you know, because he's going to live stream that mofo. Like the second yeah, yeah. they get to Nevada. We got the best. Payship's the best. We got the best. <laughs> uh, my guys, my guys helped them with it. I, I, I had to call him. I had to call him. Fauci came. He gave his opinion I, he's a good guy but you know i needed another opinion so you know Fauci. he said that on the interview bro they asked him about Fauci. he's like you know he's a great guy he's a great guy i wish him well i wish him well but you know sometimes as a president they give you an opinion you don't like it you need to find another one you know that's what i do that's what i do i got the best that is scary that he's like just getting himself a bunch of yes men about it. yeah that's not good i don't think that's good that's not good. That's think, not good. No, 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 no. I don't think so either. I, I actually, my, my, my uh, political uh, ideology these days are really, I'm not, I don't know if I'm, I'm much of a Trump supporter as much as I am a non, um, like, I, I really just don't want any more socialist, communist, like, ideology, ideologies in this country. <laughs> like, that, like, I feel like, like, we had, we have China way too much in our, in, entertainment industry like w whether that's done good or bad whether it's brought money in or not like 
we're 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 keeping our enemies like hella close like hella close you know what i mean and we're again we're humans like uh, at what at what point does somebody just name a price and now we're now that person who we think is whoever they are are, are actually bought out by someone else you know what yeah. i mean yeah and if they come in talking smooth we're gonna yeah, bite, like, it, bite it hook line and sinker that's what I'm saying. So it's like you think? I would rather drain the swamp. Like and I'm only just saying it because it just it's the it's the the talk of uh it's a, the thing that makes sense. Like why don't we just get rid of everybody every ten years? You know what I mean? That's but Stephen, when you talk about like draining the swamp and well, the way that I look at it as well is like t- cutting off the fat in 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 the government and all the BS. Don't you think? And do you do you have do you guys have this? division in, in your mind where I'm really more of a libertarian than really someone from the right or Republican. But it's sort of like in the U.S., the only thing you got is Republican. Because the way that I look at it is like fiscally, I'm all about small government, free market, and, and private businesses, small private business flourishing. But then on the social side, it's like, I don't care if, if you know people get married in the same sex. I don't care if I don't care if you, if you do abortion, but that, that that's, you know, me. Like, I, I'm very on the left side of social issues. And when I was younger and I was starting to become fiscally conservative because I started getting taxed on my, uh, you know, working at a pizzeria. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where's all my money? What? You know, and, and I started realizing what the fuck was going on. I, I, I started to become very fiscally conservative, but my social ideas never changed. Like, I was still like, so I was just like, what am I? And then later on, I find out there's something called libertarian. And, you know, you don't care about what other people do. So if you want to get married, that's your thing. I don't give a fuck. It's not because I want to support you even. It's because I don't give a fuck. Like, I, that's that's what you do in your private time. And that's cool with me. So do you do you guys have that division where it's like, you know, because I'm not religious. I, I'm not Christian. I'm not, you know, I don't hold a lot of the values that you can see in the Republican side on the, on the conservative family social side, which family is important. But in general, do you guys have that debate or do you sort of, lie correctly in that side yeah i i get yeah i get i i i'm right there with you in regards to like socially like i'm i'm very you know the term would be liberal and then when it comes to financial yeah i have my own business here like i have an llc that i formed here in california it's 800 dollars a year whereas like in most other states to get like an llc tax plus all these other taxes that once cali knows you want to start a business or you got money they're like yo what's up hey What's a sign here? Send your checks here. Like you feel it, man. They're just like they're on you. Like they're and the and they even have. I tell you what, the city of LA. Once I made like uh, a business name, they sent me this false tax. Almost like it's a tax that they asked for ten thousand dollars, and I didn't have to pay it. But if I didn't have like an account and look at that, some I would have ended up having to look into trying to pay that. I wouldn't have been able to, but like, it would have been something where it's like. You know, like how many, like that's what LA does. Like they, they'll tell you, oh, you have a business in LA. You they try to swindle you for what a, what yeah, a, they sent it, and then you're the state. I swear by account, like this is from the city. She's like, yeah, and I'm, I'm, she's like, you don't have to pay that. <laughs> you don't have to pay that. What you the f? Pay. Yeah, for real. That's a hundred percent. Hey, dude, I, I can't imagine like Eric calling the the tax keep, the, the tax the tax department. Right? It's like, hey, I got this letter here, right? And he charged me ten thousand, but I'm being told I don't have to pay. What is like? Oh no, yeah, you don't have to pay. So why you sent it? Oh, it must have been an error. Really? It's like, 
Yeah, we're testing you, motherfucker. What's good? All right. Not all even, right. dog, because you would have called him and it would have gone to a machine and no one would have picked up. That's what pisses you off the most. Be like, I almost paid ten thousand dollars to not get help. Like that's that's what it feels like out here, man. And then when I moved from, I tell the story all the time. When I moved from Florida to here, I bought a car in Florida right before I drove out here. So it was like two months old when I got here, and I go to register it here at the California DMV. And they're like, "Oh, is this a new car?" They didn't, dog. They told me nothing. They're like, "Yo, is this a new car?" I'm like, "Yeah. Um, how long have you owned it? Just a couple months." fantastic coming from florida what's the sales tax there seven all right well it's nine here so you owe us the two percent difference on your brand new car and so i ended up instead of going in to pay like a a a registration fee of a few hundred dollars which is what it is out here it's thousands because i had to pay the tax sales i had to sell the income difference from one state to the other oh my god Cali, you're being tax, fucking you're hybrid being right into their fucking <laughs> that hybrid that they wanted me to still smog test, dog. <laughs> they still wanted me to smog test the hybrid, dude. Bro, so. bro, you know what's crazy? They're taxing you on your past. Yeah. Bro. That's that's like another <laughs> level. Like I've heard shit about Cali, like about how like you super hard on the well on the, on the business man, but also on the workers. They get taxed a shed load. And Th- that's insane, bro. That's yeah, and they come from Florida where there's no state tax. Here there is a state tax, and then LA there's a city tax um, for a lot of Ooh. things. Yeah, dog, it's it's unreal. So yeah, when it comes to like you know being financially conservative out here, yeah, it's, that's like a no brainer out here. Like yeah, that's and because when you come out here, you still see that nothing works. You know, they, I I gotta you know the DMV is the DMV like it is, but like there's so many like the school systems are like that, and yeah, so I I get really upset on, behind that idea of. You know, well, if I feel this way about social issues and then, but that conservative issue that I still got to click select all, you know, like when you unsubscribe from a mailing list, like, you know, I hit this one checkbox. So now I got to subscribe to all of the ideas. Like, that's ridiculous, bro. I can't be, I can't be living like that. But for some reason, like, that's just the way, you know, our news reinforces it, you know, the idea like there's one side or the other. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, I, I feel that conflict out here all the time. And I feel like I'm an outsider. Because I always feel like I'm having the conversation of like, listen, you're right about this, but maybe they have ideas on that side about this thing, and vice versa. But ain't nobody. So, do, to- would you say over there is very liberal? When it comes to social issues, everyone is definitely like that out here, I, and you know, and I'm right with them right on that, and that's fantastic. But um, yeah, I would still say like you'll see a lot of you know, you know, like uh, when it comes to like, yeah, it's it's a blue state. You'll see Bernie signs everywhere and all that. No, because I'm saying like, even like, or, or maybe the people that really support this don't know about taxation or, or but you know, like most most people have a job and they see how much taxes they get taken. So you would think that, you know, that would lead you to, you know, to like, I remember I used to be very, very fiscally uh, left too. Uh, I won't say liberal because... In some definitions, in like in Europe, liberal means the other the other opposite. But oh, how about that? And then and then when I started working and I saw the taxes, I'm like, this motherfucker's taking a third of this shit. Like, what am I doing? Like, did you work with me, dog? Did you fucking flip those pizzas with me? Like, yeah. I think it's just normal out here, especially when you have, you know when you have that. And then when you see people, I think those are people that do have jobs. But I, I can't think of many business owners that I know out here that are, you know liberal or you know to the left when it comes to fiscal responsibility i mean i don't know a lot of people that when they really understand like i'm trying to create jobs for people i'm trying to do these all these things and you're telling me like like i i I, you know when you're trying to make your first hire 
You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the amount of barriers, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's just like, yo, what are you guys doing? Like you guys say you want to help the people. I'm trying to, you know, create this opportunity and it's going to help everyone involved. But they're like, well, you know, you got to pay, you got to fill out this form. You got to, you know, pay this tax. You got to, you know. It's like, that. It's, 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 it's as if they didn't want you to hire the person. You know, the same thing happens, but with the housing in, in Spain, where like they have very social laws where like, If you cannot pay and you have kids or even if you don't have kids, like and you stop paying your landlord, like to get you out of the house, it's like a fucking mission that takes years. Right. So what ends up happening is that now I'm trying to move to a better place with my girl. We both have stable jobs, but the amount of things that they require as prerequisites for you to be able to rent like a a property is so high because the owner is trying to defend himself. From you being like, hey, I can't pay this shit. And then it takes years. And if you have kids, then forget about it. Like, it's going to, you know, the laws come in. And I remember this happens in Venezuela, too. And what ends up happening is that people like me that are poor, I'm still trying to fucking grow. I cannot move because the the person is asking me for a place that costs $1,000 for me to make $10,000 a month. Right? Which doesn't make sense. And it's like, but they're like, no, I need to, like, sort of cover myself. So what ends up happening is that the very people that you're trying to help by making it, you know, like they're, they're the ones fucked because they cannot find a job, uh, sorry, a, a place to to rent. And the, the good way to work it is, you no, know, have the police and the rights be very clear. And if somebody cannot, you know, pay, you know, they have a few days, 30 days to leave the place, you know, like like in the U.S. is it's a lot more strict. But what happens is that whenever I get a job and I start working in life, I can get a place easy. The guy's not going to tell me like, oh, you work in McDonald's with a six-month contract? No, I'm not going to rent you anything. He's going to be like, yeah, I'll rent it. And if six months you cannot pay, I know you. I know I can get you out and get somebody else. And as a worker in the bottom, you want that freedom. You want to make sure that those things are available to you. Just like when you're trying to hire people, the worker would like it f- for it to be very easy for you to hire him. Instead of being like, damn, should I risk it? No, it should be easy. But at the same time, it should be easy for you to fire them if they're not doing their, their their job correctly. But it makes it a better dynamic than having this shit where everybody's protecting themselves. And at the end, the ones that are fucked, well, it's everybody. Everybody loses in that. Yeah. That's the thing. There's And that's, you know, going back to when we think about like appearances, like there's certain things like because what's the headline? Right. Like, you know, this politician kept families from being kicked out of their homes or evicted with their kids. Family of four is able to keep living. And that sounds good. That's a nice story when you hear like the kid living. But when you think about what it is that you're doing to get that done, ultimately you're not helping that family or anyone and all the other families that are now, because that's ultimately what happens. Everyone else has to start, you know, sacrificing for that family, which if we were going back to like laws versus social nature, like socially in an ideal world, we all be able to do that. But when you start putting laws in place, then what you're doing is you're making things essentially worse, actually, what you're trying to do. And that's what I think makes politics tough, especially like, the way that we choose our politicians. And I know we're about to wrap up here, so I don't want to get too deep into it, but I think ultimately- No, no, don't, too is that- don't worry, actually. But, oh, yeah? you know, let, let, let it flow. I'm good. I'm good, it, Steven. If you're good, I don't, good, I don't, I don't mind. No, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I, I, my, my, I just switched the memory card. No worries. Nice. Okay. No, no, it's, continue, because you, you, you're hitting a very interesting point here. We, we hire politicians that like their job- is like to get into the market, you have to start begging for money. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really what the job is of a politician. You got you to gotta start meeting with people who can finance you. I mean, that's what makes it so attractive when you see a, a politician that is self-made, you know, and they can finance their own. Like, oh, okay. Right off the bat, we know they don't know nobody. And I think that's, 
I think that's the thing about what's interesting to analyze about politicians like the president, man, like, like Trump, where I think there's a value in the idea of making tough decisions that don't sound good. And what sucks about Trump is he's really bad about like making it look, he makes them look worse. You know what I'm saying? It's bad enough that he's making tough decisions that, you know, maybe he sees like an end goal or maybe God knows why he's doing it. I really don't understand that guy's head. I I feel like it's a whirlwind in there, but there's certain things that he does. I'm like, you know what he's doing right now is I, it it would be, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that can make that decision because the the headline looks bad. Now, don't you think that that's one of the main problems with the government is that they have these incentives to to sort of pass laws that make it easier for certain companies to 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 do business, which I think is completely against capitalism. Like that's some straight up corruption shit. Like the whole lobbying thing, I, I, it's insane to me that that's legal. I mean, it still happens in other countries, but it's you know in the background. In the U.S., it's legalized. I'm not sure if that's better or worse. That you can see it clearly. But I think the problem with all this lies in the incentives and. You know, talking about these regulations with hiring, right? If you regulate hiring a lot, then there's going to be less people that are hired. If you regulate housing a lot, then there's going to be, and when I say regulate in, in, in the sense where like you give a lot of freedoms to the to the person staying rather than the owner and don't protect their private property, then, you know, you have that situation. And I also see that happening in the price uh, of, of salaries, right? Like the minimum wage. I have a believer that the minimum wage shouldn't exist and that it actually limits the amount of people that can get a first job and start get, acquiring their first skills to then keep growing in the marketplace. And I understand why it's hard to see it that way because people hear it. It's like, oh, I want them to have a, a better salary. Yeah, of course, that sounds good. But unfortunately, life doesn't have solutions. It really has trade-offs. You know, you have limited resources and you need to sort of See, what's the best choice? Like, the norm is to be poor. For thousands and thousands of years, everyone was poor. You raised your own crops and you killed your own thing and you ate, and that was the goal of the day, to eat. So 200 years ago, we actually found ways to to collect and hoard these resources, right? And in a lot of cases, when you hoard these resources, it only makes sense to reinvest it in the society to keep growing. So even as as someone that's greedy... In a, in a free market where nobody has, uh, you know, the, the benefit of having a, a law from the government passed, that wouldn't be capitalist or a free market. But in a real free market, even the people that get rich need to, to continue to invest in, in, in the own economic system they're at. And that benefits everybody, right? Just like Bill Gates became a billionaire, but now we all have windows and we can do this podcast in three different time zones in the world. And, and, and that can provide us with benefits ourselves. Or if I create the cure for cancer and sell it for $20, I'm going to become a billionaire. But who won in that trade-off, humanity or the billionaire? So what do you think? I'm curious to, to know how you see the minimum wage law and what do you think about it? Uh, you know, should it exist or should it not exist? Did you did you understand or have you heard of this this topic before? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, no, I think what you're saying, like, I've, I've heard that argument be made quite well, you know, like, uh, the idea that uh, when you have, uh, you know, that, you know, minimum wage, what you're essentially doing is you're eliminating the ability for people to get their first job or those low level jobs. Um, and what I think what it goes to show is where it creates, 
right now what like what makes it tougher to even break away from that now is like especially here in la right now if you told everyone okay there's no minimum wage and then all that wages drop there's a lot of people who just can't pay rent anymore you know what i'm saying there's a lot of people that are going to have that so there's like this system that's now set up where people are expecting a certain amount of money they can't get it and so like it does make it tougher to to enact that and i don't know enough about economics to know whether or not having a minimum wage of any degree is right or wrong. I really don't know because I know that there's also been abuses on the other sides. Like I've seen where like that, that can go on to the other side where like, you know, you're essentially creating slave labor at, at a certain point. And, you know, I don't know, like I'm one to like, I, 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 I don't, yeah, that's, that's a tough decision. I can understand where that's certainly the right thing to do. And I, I understand where people would be upset about hearing. I think that's a great example though, that everyone can relate to. Where it's like, let's think about like what sounds good versus what ultimately is going to be best for everyone to start prospering. Well, in in by definition, and this has been proven, when you have a minimum wage uh, applied in a place, or whenever a minimum minimum wage is raised in a place, unemployment also uh, rises, and it makes sense. You have a certain amount of jobs, and if now you have to pay more. Businesses are not just going to be like, all right, I guess I got to pay them more and I cannot hoard as much rich. But it's not that you end up saying, OK, if I pay these guys 10 bucks an hour each. Right. And, you know, they're not the best servers, but they're learning. And, you know, I got three of them. Right. So I spent 30 dollars uh, an hour on these three, three guys. Right. But now they're telling me, no, in, in, the, in the city you live in, the minimum wage is 15 now. All right. So I'm not going to have three of them. I'm only going to have two and probably neither of those three. I'm probably going to have to hire two other servers that are more experienced and that can cover the same amount of work that those three younger, uh, less experienced ones did. So what ends up happening is like that idea that if you don't have a minimum wage, the the companies are going to be like, all right, then I'll pay you three cents an hour. And, you know, you're going to be a slave. It's like, well, then you're not going to work for them. You're going to. Yeah. At the end of the day, like yeah, there's a certain product, there's, there's a certain income that you're gonna get from producing this. But if you don't have the workers doing the bits and pieces for it, you're not gonna make money. So, and there's gonna be other companies that also need those workers. So, at the end of the day, the workers be, are also um, the, uh, a, 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 a scarce resource, right? Work work labor is a scarce resource. And one thing that I can tell you how this works, and this this happened also in the US at one point. In Venezuela, you have a minimum wage, but because you have such high inflation, the minimum wage becomes totally irrelevant a second after it gets raised, right? Because inflation is so high that if $2,000 is a good minimum wage a month, but you have prices going up 100% every month, then that minimum wage is gonna only allow you to you know, buy a hot dog, right? So. You're not going to work for anybody for that minimum wage. And the companies cannot pay anybody that minimum wage, even if the law says it, because people are like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to stay home. That's not even going to cover my transport. So why the fuck am I going to come? So then people get paid a lot more than the minimum wage. Does that mean that they get paid really good? Oh, yeah, in paper, but they're still poor, but they get paid what the market pays for that labor. And that labor is a lot more than what the minimum wage says because inflation has taken that value up. So that same concept is the same concept that happened, for example, in the U.S. in the 1940s. 
people started becoming richer and getting more jobs because there was an inflation that made the minimum wage irrelevant. So now people that couldn't get jobs before because they didn't have enough skills to, to be paid the minimum wage, now there was no minimum wage in practice, right? Because inflation was so high that nobody was paying the minimum wage because no, nobody would work for that minimum wage. It was too low. I'm, a, I'm actually more in favor to, 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 to switch this and, and take it to a positive side or, or a solution side. I'm more for a min, um, not a minimum wage, but a living wage. And the way that that works is I prefer if, I mean, I prefer that everybody just does their part in society. But if we're going to keep it social, which you cannot really go too far from what you have here, you cannot take off the whole social system and welfare and take it off because it's impossible to dial it back. But what you could do is instead of obligating companies to pay a minimum wage, don't have a minimum wage, and then whoever makes less than the living wage, which could be the, the minimum wage number, then the government subsidizes to make up what's that difference. And we're still paying it somehow because it's, it's taxes, but at least you're not hindering the, 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 the local commerce where, you know, maybe there's a guy that's a mechanic and they can have a guy sort of open the gate when cars come, but it's a very simple task, but he could have like a 15-year-old kid that later is going to learn about me. Before I couldn't hire him because if okay, I cannot pay him 15 bucks an hour, but if I can pay him 10 and then the government pays the other five, you know, we're not sort of dest destroying the, the, the market and we're still providing that person with the extra money that they might need to pay the basic bills. Yeah, but typically the way a tax is done for something like that is they'll tax like the businesses on it. Like you're just going to lose more on whatever revenue you would generate and like any profit that you would make. So I think that still just puts you in the same situation because then, yeah, you, you can hire someone for cheaper, but now your profit margins have just been cut because there's more taxes for it. And when you think about like, you brought up a great point where the idea of like, no one's going to work for like a low amount of money. Like in, in today's world where there's like 15 job search apps you can download right now that work well, you know, like I think that a law that was made a hundred years ago before technology could really enforce the fact that like, yo, you get, people need to be paid a fair amount. And then now you can, that people can self-enforce that by just pitting the market against itself because there is the issue of quality too. Like how many stars are you going to drop by hiring someone for 20 cents per hour when the person who's competing against you is paying a little bit more for labor, getting a better quality. And then that shows up on Yelp and, or something like that. And then the employees are also going to see on glassdoor.com, like, yo, the person across the street is paying us X amount more. You know, I think that with, yeah, the way that technology is today, I think it is easier to, you know, have uh, just a straight up, like no minimum wage, like that could be pulled off a lot better than I can see why they would have it back in the day. Right, right. It was, uh, people had to really go out of their way to research and go and find and do all this stuff. Now it's all at the, at the tip of your hands, you know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be um, like one mill in town or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that too, yeah. No, and that's great um, because that makes it so that now the workers also have a way to be competitive because they have more information about the companies. And look, th this is funny that, you, that you're that you saying this because I was thinking about a perfect example. The, the regular sort of job hours that the U.S. has and then was adopted across the world where you work Monday to Friday, eight to five, you know, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. People think that that was in, instated by like social uh, programs or, or social activism so that you could bring like 
laws to workers, but it really wasn't. It was actually done by Henry Ford, right? When Henry Ford created vehicles and he created the the the, the place, right, the factories, right? He created such a perfect chain system that you could have anybody do it. Like it was simple. He had the perfect formula, and there was so much margin for for uh, making money on it that he's like, I, I could even pay these workers really good. And I'm still going to make a lot of money because the formula is so perfect. So what he thought is like, why don't I overpay them, pay them a lot more than what they're getting at any other factory, give them some really good conditions. Yeah. And that way I'm going to get the best workers in the city, because even though these are simple tasks of just attaching things or whatever, I do need them to do it perfectly. So he, what ended up happening is as an inventor, I need really good workers to operate this factory. And because of that, I'm going to, I'm going to be the best in, in I'm going to be the competition and offer them the most. So that's what drives these prices up. It's not I mean not not to bash on it like I I also want the good things to happen, but I just understand that these things cannot be accomplished by by simply thinking well and like oh I want everybody to you know like it comes from somewhere, you know. Money comes from somewhere. Government doesn't have a company. They don't sell dildos online. They don't make money. They just distribute it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't make nothing. And I do got to bounce, boys, but you got this. It's is, been I, real. I, it's been real, real, man. I really enjoy this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. And uh, this has been a blast. And just keep up all the awesome stuff y'all are doing, man. If you ever need me, hit me up. I got you. Thanks, sure, man. man. And uh, we really appreciated you coming on to the podcast today. Um, we hope uh, our viewers enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and uh, say hi to Megan for us. All right. All right, man. Take care, bro. All right. See you guys. See you, man. And uh, oh shit, that was pretty he cool. Flow. He just he just leaves, and then he's he's and then yeah, that's it. He oh, didn't even slam the door behind him. You saying bye to me too? This he didn't even slam the door behind him. <laughs> and then there was one. <laughs> no, but uh, but uh, let's let good. my. I well, sorry. No, no, no. The the camera is is uh rolling I, I i put in another memory card that's twice the size and apparently it's full so i had i had another 15 minutes on this new all right uh, memory card no problem so, I'm, I'm filming also on the webcam i just want to finish this thought uh and we're good uh to go the um, what do you think about the minimum wage no i mean you know all of our conversations that we've had before um I do agree. And, and Eric brought up a good point today. You know, it's, I think we're a little bit, um, we've got a lot more information in our hands. I think the, the minimum wage, uh, shouldn't, I think there should be either a cap on a minimum wage or actually, you know, if I don't really know too much on the logistics, but your living wage sounds good. You know, if there's ever a socialist program that I would probably be okay with is the fact that, I would pay part of my taxes to people who are working who don't make enough money. I'd rather give money to somebody who's trying to make enough money but can't mm -hmm. than somebody who's exactly. not making money. And the important part is you switch the incentives for them to make sense now. Because I, I never can bash somebody that's working and trying, even if they yeah, have a shitty I mean, job. Like, I'm, I'm sure he wants a better one, but he's waking every day and fucking going like... I cannot bash on that guy. I'll help him. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. But you change the incentive, right? Like now that guy wants to get a job and we will help you if you if we see that you want to help yourself. 
Exactly. And, and, and that's pretty much it. I mean, if, it, if, if we can switch minimum wage over to something called the living wage and tax all Americans, um, you know, uh, to, to a degree that all those people who are, I mean, I don't know if that would incentivize, incentivize companies to do that, but also maybe, ince- maybe put in something that's like, well, you know, if companies are not going to pay uh, their employees enough to live and they're just saying, oh, well, my go, you know, there should be like a, a ratio or a percentage of tax paid by the company too. So that that slip, that slope doesn't start dropping off on that end. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, now that you said that I, I am thinking now of like how pieces, pieces of okay. shit are going to try to fuck companies. around. Well, not just yeah, companies, companies like, like imagine yeah, companies and workers like, but yeah, you're right. Like what if the company tells you, look, you're going to make like the, the living wage is 2000, right? Mm-hmm. And I can pay you two thousand, but instead I'm gonna pay you fifteen hundred, and then you're gonna ask the government for the other five hundred. And I'm, mm-hmm. it seems like you could fucking do this fraud quite easily. So, yeah. so I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I, I, it, you almost <laughs> got me. You almost well, got me. But no, everybody, pull yourself from your bootstrap. Shut the fuck up and go out there and get it. God damn it, get the handle. <laughs> Where's my goddamn handle? I want a handle of liquor right here. I'll tell you something right here, right now. If you cannot work for yourself, if there's people taking their jobs out there, get the handle. <laughs> don't do that. That's a bad idea. They don't do. They almost got me. They almost got me. But I like the I like the idea. Maybe maybe that's a good exercise that, though. What good exercise? Yeah, that's a good exercise. Yeah, I feel I feel I feel stretched out now. I feel good. But doesn't that show? How pure we are, how real that we were going in this. In okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So it's a social pro. Okay, and then you're like, all right, all right. Can there be a bro? Can there be a political Broski Doodles party? (laughs) The Broski Doodles party. Yeah, the Republicans, the the Democrats, the Libertarians, and the Broski Doodlers. (laughs) And and we're like, we'll we'll be smart about it, like PR wise. Like we'll go for all the demographics, right? Like. You know, mm-hmm. like we'll talk to the Latino, rallies. we'll talk yeah, to the yeah, yeah. to the black community, to the white, you know, I'll be like, hey, man, like, it's cool. You didn't do it. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. I get it. You know, you go around people, you know, you tell everybody it's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, Dude, the, yeah. the, the white people, is, I, I got the handles, too. I got the handles. You know, you tell them, the get, Cuban, a, hand, you get tell, a handle on it. You got a handle on it. You, handle you tell the it. Cubans in Florida, like. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take out all those communists in Cuba and Venezuela. I got you. All right, cool, man. If you if you move it like a artist, like an artist, like Kardashian, get the Kardashian PR people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to move. Yeah, them. hell yeah. Like exactly. I'm for abortion and against it. Oh fuck, they tricked us. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm actually for abortion postpartum. What does that mean? If he's 12 and a little fucker came out bad, fucking. Oh my god. No, you know no, what I mean? no. You go for all demographics. Diversify your ideas. There you go. Okay, you oh, man. wear a rubber, don't wear a rubber. Get gonorrhea and then learn maybe for once and for all. <laughs> I'm pro gonorrhea for educational purposes. <laughs> yeah. I'm pro gonorrhea for the growth and uh, <laughs> and progress of this nation. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you said the growth and irritation. That that too. <laughs> the diversification oh, of STDs that your dick has seen. 
<laughs> oh man, I think this two hour, two hours and seventeen minutes has really uh, done a number on the on the brain ski doodle. All words matter. All words matter. All and crap. All matter. viewers. All viewers matter. <laughs> and all viewers matter. Uh, thank you for tuning into this uh, Broski Doodles podcast. This has been really, really fun. Kiko, thank you for another beautiful, long, entertaining, educating episode. Uh, Stevie D here signing out. Until next week, guys. Thank you so much. Peace. <laughs>